what you're about to hear is an incoherent mess. <laughs> Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Mars Podcasters. Who are these prisoners coming at you through the magic of podcasting? My name is Shannon and as usual joined here by my brother Jake. Shannon, I'm in a closet. You are in a closet? In a literal closet. Jake, this is a first for the Mars Podcasters. We are all in separate houses uh, and talking to you through the magic of the internet via the magic of podcasting. The interwebs. Yes, we are. But we also, we've dragged someone else into a closet with us. Say hello <laughs> to our return guest, Christian. Hi, everyone. It's good to be here with you all on the line. So so here's what's going to happen, everyone. We are going to have, in order, technical issues. <laughs> we are going to have maybe screaming children. Um, we are definitely going to have dropouts. We are probably definitely going to talk over each other. Um, and you, I know you're used to a certain level of quality. In these and professionalism podcasts. and professionalism in these podcasts, we're telling you right now that's probably not going to happen. This may end up even being the lost episodes of the Must Podcasters where we can't even put them out. But we are going to give it a crack. We owe it at least to Christian, our most professional guest. It is funny, Shan. We because uh, of technical issues, we've actually the last episode we shot was with Christian. Yeah. So it seems like months have been gone, and we've recorded a few episodes. Yeah. But we haven't, according to the world. Uh, it's the exact. It's the next episode. So he's now a two times in a row guest, the first ever. Yes. Yes. Back to back. Um, yeah, I've got to admit, I'm a little bit worried here because my my sense is I don't want to wear out my welcome, and I don't want to. I, I really want to be a special guest, and I feel like <laughs> I'm just making myself a bit too common. It's it's he's getting a little bit Ken Yong in in community, like. You know, he turns up a couple of times, he's funny, he's an and, and then all of a sudden he's just there every episode. So we don't want that. We don't want you to Ken Yong you. We just want to, we want to, you know, you're better in fits and bursts. That's, That's right. I wish Shannon was in fits and bursts. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'd, I'd still record this regardless. It, no one would hear it, but I'd just be sitting in a wardrobe talking nonsense. Um, so what we've had to do is, uh, anyone who doesn't know, just to give a, a quick recap, is that Victoria has just been placed tonight uh, under extremely restrictive uh, conditions to try and curb the ever-growing uh, number of coronavirus cases that we are getting. And so we, um, well, we, for the last four weeks, we haven't been able to see each other anyway, um, but we're even more restrictive. But we thought we would give... Um, this ago, and we are recording via the interwebs. Um, so you'll have to bear with us in terms of quality and hopefully not too bad sound, but we are not recording on our normal devices. Um, so it may not sound the highest of quality that you uh, come to expect from the mass podcasters. Um, the content we can promise you will not have changed in that it will still be absolute dribble. Um, but, but certainly... <laughs> the audio quality might have. So your your crystal clear shit that you're normally getting may just be sloppy, messy shit instead. Does that is that sum up gone? So what are we going to do? Well, it just seemed very apt. Uh, it was actually Christian's idea. Why not do stuck in, in prison movies? Because that's how it feels. Um, we know yeah. Alan got a whack um, for saying that she felt like she was in prison early on in this whole thing. And look how well that's well, turned Alan, out for Alan. Alan's been slammed. Look how well that's turned out for Alan. So let's go... Let's call it, we're like in prison. Let's talk about prison movies. 
But also let's talk about bottle movies. And anyone who doesn't know what bottle movies are or bottle episodes, um, they are episodes of TV shows or movies that are set mostly in one place, that, that sort of take place where the location is kind of a setting in and of itself um, and the fact that the characters are stuck where they are um, or it takes place mostly in one location is part of the story itself. Um, so we are going to talk bottle episodes and bottle movies and prison movies to give you a bit of a sense about how we're feeling here in Victoria uh, and probably, you know, around the world where people are under very strict conditions as well. So um, one thing I do want to start with, we're just going to roll into to the episode here because we don't have our the magic of editing we normally use. But one thing we're going to talk about that I want to raise, and we're going to give you a peek behind the curtain as we like to do here on the Mass Podcasters. Um, and we're going to share a, a Mass Podcasters family discussion. Um, and the, the topic of the discussion at hand was, is Con Air a prison movie? And no. late, wait, yes. like, late, ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, <laughs> wearing shiny, shiny shorts and nothing else, Jake says no. In the far better, well-illuminated winner's corner is me and Christian saying, yes, of course it is. What kind of dunce are you? So, Jake, explain yourself. Why is Con Air not a prison movie? Well, first of all, they escape prison, so it's not really a prison movie. It's on an aeroplane. Yes, they're in custody, so technically they are still in prison. But very, very quickly, it becomes more of a terrorist movie rather than a prison movie. The fact that they're prisoners in a big plane that they don't leave for most of the... Which, well, no, they, they land. They do a few different things. They fly again. Uh, they change crew. I think it's... I don't think it's a prison movie. I think prison movie needs to be set in a prison. It's a prison plane. I don't think... I don't think I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think that a prison plane counts as a prison. Of course, it counts as a prison. It has to because, by definition, they can't leave. And then, but, not, they, can, not but they can leave. They leave early on in the movie. They take control of the play and they can go anywhere. They quickly become a non-prison movie. But they, but, but they are still in prison. In fact, they're hunted by authorities because yes. they have they are prisoners. It's, okay, so it's a manhunt movie. Well, barely. They know where they are. You're you're yeah, but you're helping my cause by saying that they they bust out of prison. It becomes a manhunt slash escape movie rather than a prison movie. But what you're saying is, by definition, they've escaped from a prison. It still that still makes it. They've escaped. They've escaped from their transport. Uh, I, like you wouldn't like Shawshank if if he escaped five minutes into the movie and the rest of it was about his life, then it'd be it wouldn't be a prison movie. It'd can be I a prisoner vote, movie? Can Can I vote for that version of Shawshank where it's over in five minutes? <laughs> like if you saw Andrew Frame climb out of the tunnel fifteen minutes in, it would wouldn't become a, a prison. Movie but they anymore. don't. They don't leave the plane. Prison. They don't leave the plane and disseminate across the universe. They are all contained within the, the prison for the vast majority of the movie. But the they're not contained. Movie. They can fly anywhere. They have a set plan that they put in motion that they figure out. I mean, I haven't seen Connie for a long time. It's a prison with wings. I don't think so because they they take, they bust out of the prison. It becomes an escape movie, not a prison movie. Jake, th- let me ask you a question here, 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 Jake. You know the you know the new series Snowpiercer or the film Snowpiercer. Under the film and Snowpiercer, yes. The, the plot line of the, the plot line of the film is basically that the, the humanity is resigned to sitting on a on a train that has to perpetually move to you know make sure they can all survive on you know the hellscape that's become the planet yes. in the future. 
Yes. So if there's a prison on that train, is it a prison or is it not a prison because it moves? The, 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 the prison, that carriage would be a prison. The rest of it would be a train. So how can this airplane not be a not be a prison? Because then? they, if they were flying the whole time and it was about the tents and the the guards were constantly on them and they were locked up the whole time, yeah, sure, it's a prison movie. The fact that they escape from prison makes it more of an airplane slash manhunt movie. They don't escape from prison; they're still in the prison. But they Correct. can land and go anywhere. But they have a set plan that he puts in motion <clears> if to you, get all his crew and if, fly away. If you had a movie where the prisoners riot and take control of the prison. Just because they have escaped, that is still they're still prisoners in a prison. They just they're in control of that. They prison. can't get they can't get out of that prison. The the people on the plane they get off the plane regularly. If they yeah, but they are hunted, and if they get if they need to get back into so the it, plane to get so away it's from a, them. so it's a manhunt movie. No, no it's a fugitive they know, movie. They know where they is are. The, is, is the fugitive a prison movie? The the fugitive. Has a has a scene set in a prison, and then he is on the run. So he goes is it to a prison location. movie? Is oh. it a prison movie? And no, well, no, the action doesn't take place in a prison. But no, not just Con Air. They go to various locations. The only common de- denominator is that plane. Well, yes, but in this instance, the plane is the prison. It is, it is called I, I, I disagree. Air. It is not called... Yeah, they, they're convicts. They the ship. It's not, it's not called prison air. It's called Con Air because <laughs> they're convicts. Yes, and convicts is another word for prisoner. It's, yeah, but so, but so is The Fugitive, and that's not a prison movie. Yeah, but now we're arguing about synonyms. <laughs> That's my point, and I don't think you can call it a prison movie because of how how vast the the geography is, and how many well, times they stop, and their ability to escape if they wanted to. But they but they, they can't just land anywhere; they will be arrested and, and got. So they, they can't just land the plane. No, don't they, don't they get rid of the GPS tracker? Yeah, but they they still they're still being tracked. They know where they are. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I, 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 I just don't picture that as a prison movie. They're and, not confined to a prison walls, to a prison cell. They're free. They're they're in control. Therefore, therefore, it's a manhunt movie rather than a prison movie. Well, no, they're not free because they can't leave the plane. Obviously, because well, it's they, up. They, they, if they land, if they, they have opportunity to land and leave. They exchange passengers. I'm sure if they if they had a better plan, it would be it would it would have been executed better. Their plan wasn't good. Therefore. The, mo- the, the how, whole plan fails. How dare you sully Cyrus the virus's plan? <laughs> but if if Nicholas Cage didn't interfere, I don't think they would have got caught. Nicholas Cage and his accent interfered perfectly acceptably. Put the bunny, the- put the bunny down. <laughs> what I just, what I just, accent was he doing in that? Did anyone know? I think it's meant to be southern. Okay, it's not. I haven't good. seen it for many years. Many it's not years. Good. Steve Buscemi is incredibly creepy in that movie. I love it. Yeah, and he, he does sta- doesn't he movie. stay? Hey, no, he, he died. He died. No, no, no. He he goes. He has dinner. He has tea with the kid in the pool. Yeah. See, I think I think he could have left then. He could have left and ran if he wanted to. But they would find him. Why? Did they, they. But that, yeah, that, that's it. Then comes a manhunt movie. I just, I just, I just think I'm sticking to my principles. I'm saying no. It's not a prison movie. I could be wrong. Everyone can disagree with me, but I'm saying it is a manhunt movie oh. or fugitive movie we, we will move on because I, you're clearly dumb and not going to get where we're going <laughs> so I'll, I'll, we'll move on but I want I'm interested in what the audience thinks I just want a yes or no maybe we can put it up on Facebook Jake um, a poll I just want a yes or no is Connie or a prison movie okay I'll do, do that? that for you Shane. Okay. I can do that I don't know how Facebook works I assume that that's uh, that's something you can do yeah, and just while we're on the on the topic of Con Air I think it's worth talking about some of the cast of that film because 
it's it's got some big names in there, sensational. So you've got obviously you know uh, Nicholas Cage. You've got Cole Meany, which you'd yes. be familiar yep. from from nineties TV series such as uh, Su- Superman: The Adventures of Lois and Clark. I don't know if anyone remembers that. <laughs> yeah, you pull the big guns out. Yep. Yeah, John Malkovich, Dave Chappelle is in there, yes, which yes. I was surprised because I, I didn't recall seeing him in there. Steve Buscemi um, yeah. arguably has, I think, probably the most iconic scene in that entire film, which is you know when there's um, a fair bit of a uh, bit of tension on the plane and he starts singing. Uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. It's just this riveting scene that well, I just burned in my mind. For you're also more. not sure if she's dead or not mm-hmm. because they they kind of cut away to to imply that he murdered her. And then she's there waving at the plane as she flies away. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, for a what, how many twenty year old movie? <laughs> Probably longer. Mm. Um, and uh, the last one there was that I wanted to sort of bring up was Danny Trejo, who's gone on to do a lot more um, really good stuff, mainly TV roles, but he's certainly formed a niche for himself. Uh, yeah, John Cusack. I don't know if we dropped his name in there somewhere. Um, and uh, what was the song that that was in that movie that was the big at the time? Oh, it's, it was uh, it was Le- Leanne Rotten, not Leanne. Rotten. It was. I think it was Leanne Rotten. So I was hoping you'd sing it, Jack. But um, I'm, I'm I sure. uh, oh, here without you. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, can you isolate that? that? That's my new ringtone. Um, <laughs> the, um, does anyone actually think that you could kill someone by hitting their nose like that? I always wondered if that no. could work. I don't think the nose can up. I think if you hit up in the nose. Like an uppercut, you can. Isn't that cartilage, though? That's not going to enter your brain and kill you, is it? I don't know. I'm not really a. I'm not really an expert <laughs> yeah. in anatomy. Okay. We're not experts, Sean. Okay. Experts. Any doctors listening um, or trauma surgeons? Can you uh, can can you let me know whether that would kill a person or army rangers? I presume that's part of your training. Or martial arts enthusiasts? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we know one. We'll have to ask him. Do we? Yeah, we we do. We'll have to ask Rob. Rob, if you're listening. Let us know if that'd kill someone. Why wait? Find a friend. <laughs> get him on, get the, get him on the show. This is now um, a talk show. Um, I, I, I want to point out though that um, that Christian, you were warned to keep this under three hours. We're fifteen minutes in and we've hit one movie. So I just want to know <laughs> how we <laughs> how we're going to keep this under three hours. I'm a bit worried now, Shane. You can see the timer, so it's a bit uh, it's a bit interesting. It is. I don't care. I love it. I'm going to talk for five hours. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I got nothing to do. Right. <laughs> On the flip side, I don't have to drive home from from this trip. That's right. From this, That's right. From this session here, so I can close that, my computer and go to sleep. So we can go all night. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> let's just leave it on. Extra hour of context because we have to drive. Oh man, I got alive, boys! Do alive. That's the second Bill O'Reilly segment you've slotted into this, Christian. I'm a bit concerned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Who, who's got the next movie? Uh, the guest first. Oh, of course, of course. Well. I thought that I'd take us to a space where there's bottle movies, and as a, this one that I'm, I'm going to bring up is a classic. It's called Twelve Angry Men. Oh. Uh, I'm sure you guys would have watched it at least in school. Um, not in school. I, but I, I have didn't. Yeah, I have seen it. I didn't watch it in school either. But being the you uh, watched it off, the film of your own accord, Jake. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you you type into Google movies you have to see before you die, and all the black and white ones come first, and this was one of them. That's weird because when I do that, I just get Freddie got fingered twelve times. <laughs> So I'm not sure. Is my Google broken? I think we need to have a talk. Oh, to you or you, we know what you look at way too. Oh, much. It's, it's it, yeah, it's analytics. Okay, I get it. It's fine. I don't. Yeah, but pretty good. You get classic film. Oh my god, so good. If only that's a fact. Yes. 
Um, okay, it's not the time to talk about Freddie Got Fingered. No, no, it's not. Right, now, are you talking Can the original Christian or are you talking the William Peterson version? I'm talking the 1957 black and white original. Well, it has to be. has to be. It has to be. Christian, tell the audience about 12 Angry Men. Well, 12 Angry Men is basically a film depicting the deliberations of a jury in a murder trial. And let me just let me read out the description from IMDb for the, for the gratification of our audience. <laughs> a jury holdout attempts to prevent a miscarriage of justice by forcing his colleagues to reconsider the evidence. And that is the perfect one-line synopsis of this film. It is a single guy who's a holdout. Uh, and at the start of the film, you really get the sense that he's just being an obnoxious twerp and it's an open and shut case. But as he explains his position, you can see him re- uh, convincing the, jur- the other jurors to reconsider their verdicts. Um, and I won't spoil the end of the film for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, it <laughs> a movie that's 70 years old, yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guarantee you most people haven't seen it. Probably not. No. No, but it gives you a fascinating insight into the way that jury trials um, are designed to work and the, and the impact of personalities on them. Um, and when you're in school, you, you learn about it because of uh, that, that deeper understanding of how juries function allows you to then sort of analyse and say, well, how can that process be corrupted or not, not operate uh, in an equitable or fair way? Um, incredible film um, and, uh, and, and very worthy of a selection in this, uh, this prison or lockdown episode. Um, I do want to say, though, that the quoting IMDb is the podcast equivalent of the wedding speech that starts with Webster's dictionary defines love as <laughs> So And you're saying that like it's a bad thing, Shane. No, no, I just it's never happened on the podcast and I like to draw attention to these things. <laughs> it's it's got an eight point nine on IMDb, so that's instantly a classic movie. So um it's very rated very, very highly. Incredibly worthy of that, I think. And it is excellent. And I mean talking about lockdown and not being able to go anywhere, there's some really powerful parts in that film or where you can really get a sense of the tension as an as as a you know voyeur or an audience member looking into the into the scene where there's one character in particular who's got tickets to a baseball game that he's really hanging out to go see so he's ready to get in there and convict the convict the kid and get out to be on his way to go see the game and all through the film you see him getting more and more um stressed and anxious and and really tense about wanting to get out of this um out, out of the jury as fast as he can to the point where he actually throws away his vote in the end and just goes oh whatever what what's the quickest solution to get me out of this room um, and when that's in the context of you know deciding whether somebody lives or dies because this is a jury trial over, over a murder you know that that gives you pause for reflection and makes you think about well, how does this system actually work and is it delivering a fair outcome or you know the right outcome and there's literally only 12 people really in this whole movie um yes. it's, it's it's an amazing movie and it's, it seems black and white so some people might fall asleep but um no it's a fantastic movie I remember it only being fairly short too. Uh, An hour, thirty-six minutes. Yeah, so it's not it's not a huge investment in time. So if you're in lockdown and you're uh, or you're you're otherwise you know isolating at home and you haven't got much else to do, and um, I imagine the licensing would be pretty generous given it's a film made in nineteen fifty-seven. I imagine every streaming service would have it available. I didn't check. I mean, it's one of those movies. If I had more time, I'd like to sit down and watch it again. It's been a while since I watched it, but um, no, definitely a great movie. You said 8.9 on IMDb. Metacritic gives it a score of 96. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty high. It's, it's, it's one of those ones that are kind of instant classics. Um, I'm mm. not sure how it did in box office. So I don't think it really matters in 1957. Um, but pretty sure it was based on a stage play. Um, and it, it's right for a for a, a theatre production. It, it It is... I mean, theatre productions where you don't go anywhere, there's no other, other locations, is... Is is the classic bottle episode trope, mm. Um, yep. and it, it's perfect on stage. Um, but the title Twelve Angry Men" made in a, in a in a in an era where only men would be asked to be jury members" um, 
it's probably right for a um, for a renewal um, with a more diverse cast would be much would add another element to it. I think it'd be very interesting. Yeah, I think that'd be excellent, and I think in the hands of a skilled director who was doing it as a passion project, it would be definitely a worthwhile endeavor um, and cheap. Well, yeah, and, oh. and this is this is the thing I do want to raise about bottle episodes, especially when we talk about TV shows down the line. Is you know some of our favourite TV shows were done much cheaper than others, um, and were were built with the bottle episode in mind, where they can get away with having one singular location and a number of sets. Um, even massive sitcoms um, that have done particularly well rarely go outside or do other things. I mean, if you think it's something like Seinfeld or Friends, you've got a number of sets. Um, locations and that's kind of where they go it's it's odd if you see them out and about somewhere that's true i'm just thinking of the big bang theory um because that's a series my partner and i watched you know not too long ago uh, in its entirety and that has a a very discreet number of sets that you see over and over and over again basically Um, if the action doesn't happen at the university cafeteria in either of their apartments or in the comic book store you know who knows that's it (laughs) All right, right. Moving on to my next one, Shan. Um, I'll go next. My pick is not not typically a. Uh, I'm not sure it'll be bottle episode or what do you call it, but it's uh, it's lock. Yeah. Now we've yeah. talked about this before, Shan. Um, uh, I've, I watched it again yesterday uh, to get in preparation for this this uh, podcast. Now we've talked about lock before, but uh, I'm going to do the same thing that Christian did and read out the IMDb description because why not? I'm on a computer. It's right. Trend. It's right in front of me. So Ivan Locke, a dedicated family man, a successful contract manager, receives a phone call on the eve of his biggest challenge of his career that sets in uh, motion a series of events that threatens his entire, sorry, his carefully cultivated existence. So Chris, have you seen Locke? I have not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. a brilliant movie. So basically Locke is a movie where uh, Tom Hardy drives around, mm-hmm. literally drives in a car, and makes a whole bunch of phone calls. Now, right. that, that sounds ridiculous, but it is some of the most uh, tense, unique... It's a very unique in, uh, experience, Shane. It is. It's, it's a movie unlike anything I've seen before, um, and it is uh, gripping. It doesn't sound like it should be, but it is... It is just a gripping movie um, that does not let you go and it ramps the pressure up consistently. And we won't, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, so I don't want anyone to, to, to miss out on the, on the, the plot or the twist. Um, no. It's simply just Tom Hardy drive around talking on the phone is about as much as we can tell you. And it's only an hour and 25. So another, a very tight, very well shot. I mean, it's hard to shoot badly, but a very interesting shot, a very uh, compelling experience. And, and if anyone doubts Tom Hardy's star power, the fact that he can keep you engaged in a movie like that for so long, um, you know, is, is, is tantamount to his talent. Yeah. Mm. I, I watched it yesterday and I already want to watch it again. I mean, I just, I love it. It, it certainly sounds intriguing to me and it does sound like one I would watch. And can I just, tell you guys about a film I remember watching when I was a teenager because it, it, it there's a similarity in there. Um, but basically it was this French film that I saw late at night on SBS, which, you know, um, for our for our foreign viewers, of which I'm sure there are innumerable numbers of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, is a how, how would you describe the SBS, SBS channel then, Jake? Uh, so it's 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 public uh, broadcasting. Um, it's it's state it's sort of state propped up, but it's not state owned in that sense. So it's it's uh, we have the ABC, which is the the state run uh, broadcaster, and SBS is its bastard little cousin. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's sort of got a focus of on on multicultural and and um, I suppose niche sort of audience content. I think is probably and, probably and let's and let's cut through the treacle. At about ten o'clock from Saturday Saturday night, it turns into basically softcore porn, but multicultural porn. <laughs> and it was the only place you could see South Park in Australia. Yes, that's true. Just that's true. Right so I think the boys been pushing the envelope. Anyway, this film it's a, it's a French film. I don't know the name of it. Um, I don't think I ever knew the name of it at the time. I literally just flipped onto it, over to it late at night, and the entire film was told through a video phone, which was pretty radical back in the nineties. Mm. Um, and the whole plot of it was basically a eccentric French millionaire was uh, an agoraphobic, so stuck in his house, and the phone was the only way he communicated to people, to, you know, to get help or to. to bring him food or whatever and the whole plot of the film is basically him going through an emotional journey to go and get treatment and you know he's having conversations with his psychologist and his insurance company and the people running his business and things like that um fantastic film really really gripping if anyone actually knows what that movie is called call in let us know so i can actually go rewatch <laughs> so can re-watch it <laughs> yeah i mean i'd love to know love to know because that's now you've got me thinking french films and i and i I want to know. Um, okay, next episode. Next one's mine. Um, it's it's one we've covered here on the podcast before, but I think it's really apt in terms of it covering, it kind of ticking all the bases, and that's mother. You got to say it with an exclamation mark because that's how it's written. Um, but it's it's um, stuck. It's it's entirely within that one house, and um, Jennifer Lawrence's ca- character, just called Mother. Um, is, is a prisoner within the home, really. And um, we've covered it extensively in another podcast, but when I think about the emotions that um, that would come with being locked down and being stuck in a house and kind of the worst thing that could ha- worst things that could happen while you're at home, um, having people invade your, your home and then the kind of horror elements that come out of that um, that movie afterwards is is one of those things that just, to me, it ramps up the... Um, the tension and the anxiety that you feel from watching that that movie. So, I, if you haven't seen Mother, um, you check out our previous uh, episode if it's one of the ones that's still up. Jake, I don't it, know whether it is. it's not up, but I can put it up. I'll put it up with this podcast because it, it is a very very good movie. But it is it is a horror movie and it's not for everyone. Um, mm. But um, we had a very very good debate about the, the the meaning behind it, and I think um, both of us had a pretty interesting take on what it meant. Very very different take. To what it actually meant versus what we saw on on the screen. So um, that's uh, that's my first my first prison bottle movie that I thought of. Really? Mm. See, it's look. It sounds intriguing to me. And then as soon as you said it was a horror film, I was out. It, it's it's not it's not horror. I own. I hate horror, Christian. If you don't know, I'm a big yeah. wuss when it comes to uh, horror movies. I only just <laughs> watched it because Shannon pushed it, and I loved it. But um, it's more psychological. It's not jump scare. It's more psychological. Uh-huh. It's, it's got horrific elements to it, but it's it's yes. really it's almost almost moves supernatural almost. Um, There's one part in it that's really quite hard to watch, um, but the rest of it's tolerable. But but it was it was universally kind of hated by critics, and um, I think it got a really bad rap. And it's directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, he was in a relationship with Jer- Jennifer Lawrence at the time, and the relationship broke down. 
um, either while shooting or very soon afterwards. So it's kind of a, 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 to me, it was a look into the director's kind of relationship and his mind and that kind of stuff. So, I th- but it's fascinating. It's very well acted. It's it's um, it's a fascinating movie, and it's one of those really confusing movies that probably have a lot of hidden subtext and meaning. And um, yeah. I think people have taken a re- religious element to it. I think people have taken um, a, a an environmental message out of it, which is kind of an odd way to look at it. But um, that's that's how I'm it's, pretty sure that's what I took out of it. That's what I think memory. you took out of it, and I, I took a, it more of the making of a movie actually as the as the um, and potentially a, a movie that's not liked by critics um, and and the reaction to that. So it can be looked at multiple ways. It's a fascinating movie, and it's one of the ones that immediately popped out to me when I thought about um, bottle bottle movies because it takes place in all in one house. Yeah, and just looking at some of the cast, I can see it's got Nikolai Costa Waldo of uh, it, of Game of Thrones fame. It does, so, it does, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's got a very very strong cast. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence, if if anyone was in doubt that she could act. Um, should probably oh, have a look she's, at that. Phenomenal. She, yeah. superb, superb. And and Javier Bardem as well. Very, very good. Yep, as always. Christian, yeah. over to you, buddy. Excellent. Well, following on a similar sort of theme, um, I was going to nominate the film Room. I don't know if any of you guys have... Room! Just, oh, yeah. what a film. Very powerful film. And uh, uh, I'm not a fan of horror movies at all. This was more of a psychological thriller, um, which might be it sounds similar potentially to to, to um, your film Mama in, in that regard. Um, but a very powerful film about a, a young woman who is kidnapped and held against her will in a small room, which is basically a room built in a shed in the in the backyard of her kidnapper, um, and she's kept there for for a number of years. I think uh, I think yeah, the, the kid must be what seven or eight years old or something. Um, and uh, she has a child in there, obviously, and the, the film is the story of her life in the room and then event, their eventual escape, um, and then the story of her, I suppose, her trying to I suppose, emotionally recover from from that film, uh, from that, that event, and then the events that take place when they eventually locate the, the house that she was kept in and, and resolve the story with what happened with her captor and what a fantastic film it was. It was gripping. I was... Uh, had to sit there and watch all the way through. It was one of those ones I came in not long after it started. My partner started watching it and I sat down and just was sort of transfixed immediately. Um, very powerful performance, really, really well acted, especially by um, the young kid. Yeah. Is that Jacob Tremblay? Yes. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was one of his first roles, but he's gone on to keep to keep doing, uh, you know, great parts like that. But Brie Larson knocks it out of the park. Who thought she had that in her, to be honest? Well, see, mm. I, I'd never seen it until relatively recently, only what six, eight months ago. Mm. Um, you, I, I didn't, I never liked Brie Larson. I thought she was overrated. I didn't think she was good in any of the Marvel movies. Uh, and you pointed me towards this Shan and just knocked my socks off. It's um, it's one of those movies that you watch once and never want to watch again, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've watched it a second time since, having seen it the first time, and it was better the second time around. You know, obviously, I picked more up. But what I really enjoyed was how much of the film was actually told from the perspective of of, um, of the young kid, Jacob's character, Jack. Uh, you know, Especially after, when he escapes, um, the, the camera is very centred on him. You don't get too much exposition about what's happening in the world other than what he can sort of hear and see around him. Um, I really enjoyed that that I suppose focus on on his character and um, how he coped with the world that he had absolutely no idea how to navigate. He'd never been outside before before that point. Uh, yeah, and, and a, a a lesser uh, film would have focused on 
how she was captured and the kinds of things that she had to endure while she was captured. The movie's not really about that in a sense. It's about no. survival of, of great trauma after the fact. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose the psychological responses and how people cope emotionally. Um, yeah, definitely. It's one of those movies where you once you finish it, you kind of sit there and have to uh, let it sink in before you can kind of do anything. It really plays with your mind a little bit. It did for me anyway. Sat in my mind for a little while to kind of sit and not say anything for a bit and just let it flow over me what just happened. Mm. Mm. And I think the time it came out, which was 2015, so it's a couple of years old now, um, it, it was about the time when there was a, seemed to be a spate of these sort of things going on. You know, people, you know, young girls have been kidnapped and held against their will for many years. You know, it happened in Europe and um, happened in, in the United States. And, and this movie sort of uh, captures that 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 moment in time where where that phenomenon really sort of captured our imaginations and was focused on by society. Um, you know, yeah, in a way that it was strange that it was kind of it was it was life imitating art a little bit because we had. Joseph Fritzl and, and the Amanda Knight case in the US, as you said, Christian, kind of flowing on straight. I don't know if that was that was before or afterwards, but it was sort of around that time. Um, mm. And really odd that you had that kind of those stories coming out around at the same time that that, um, that movie dropped. Um, Brie Larson won an Oscar, the Best Actress Oscar for that movie too. And she deserved yeah. it. And well deserved. And she deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Jake. 100. Uh, so mine's a little bit uh, more, not, maybe not lighthearted, but tense as hell. It now takes place in one location. Per se, uh, it's many flaws, but it's dread. Yeah, great, great pick, Jake. Uh, dread is one of the most uh, intense, well shot, brave. I think it's a very brave movie. Um, it's, it's a great action movie, fantastic, one of the best you'll ever see. Yeah, basically, sure. the story. The story is everyone knows the story of Judge Dread. Uh, well, if they most of the people do, uh, not the Stallone version. It's the Carl uh, Urban version. Uh, basically, they're called out to a, a high-rise building, and that's a fight, uh, fight floor by floor to try and take down the the head honcho, which is um, Lena Headley from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Um, Carl Urban is uh, is is Judge Dredd, um, and um, anyone who un- understands that comic book world, uh, the, ju- the the judges, as they're known, are judge, jury, and executioner, and they make decisions on the spot and and carry out punishments on the spot. Um, but they are locked into sort of public housing, um, which has been kind of rife with crime, but over taken over by a gang um, led by sort of uh, 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 Lena Headley's character, who's a sort of the, the, the matriarch of the of the gang. Um, and they they uh, they take a, a drug, or they they manufacture and deal a drug that slows down time mm-hmm. for users. Um, so it's uh, it's a fascinating movie. It's really well shot. It's it's kind of secretly shot by Alex Garland from Annihilation, and um, as you as we everyone knows, we're big fans of Alex Garland on this on this uh, podcast yep. um, from Ex Machina uh, and a few other yep. movies. So he he um, he was the cinematographer on it, but largely from what I understand behind the scenes, kind of co-directed it or, or took over the direction, and it shows because um, it's a it's a brilliantly shot movie and really well acted by by Carl Urban. Who never takes his helmet off? There's there's so many uh, people who just wouldn't do that. Mm. Uh, the fact that he wears his helmet the whole time, you only see his jaw essentially, mm. um, is just incredible. Mm. And, and it's, and... it's n- nominated as director as Pete Travis, who I'd never heard of before. But um, yeah, we know it's heavily inspired by Alex Garland. Mm. Just 
interesting side note on the topic of films with an actor whose faces are skewered by a mask. As soon as you said that, Jake, I just my mum was taken back to V for Vendetta, which mm. he's done Hugo Weaving, um, and he performs. And he never actually takes the mask off, and he's always in 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 the suit. You never actually see him um, as an actor. You can only hear him uh, behind. You never see even see his lips move. Um, that's another really great film for anyone who's interested in, in uh, films where you can't see the actor's face. And funnily <laughs> enough, a, a lot of those a lot of those shots of him is actually a different actor because um, the actor that was re- that was playing V was um, was replaced. James Purfoy um, was replaced by Hugo Weaving, sort of mid mid shoot. So is that right? Yeah, yeah. So so some are some of his, his uh, shots are actually just dubbed. By Hugo Weaving, but it's actually not Hugo Weaving under the under the mask. See, you learn something new every day. Now, it's, now you're making it a bit like Star Wars with James Earl Jones's voice being dubbed over the top. It's of David a little Krause. bit like that. A little yeah. bit like that. Yeah, and and as usual on the mask podcast, is completely and horribly off topic. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go back to Star Wars, which which we talked about last we, time. We as well. did. We did. It's always back to Star Wars. It's it's the six you degrees know, of Star Wars. Yeah, that's a good the new game. Fuck Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Kevin Bacon? Nothing. Nothing. Right. I don't think Star Wars is better. Okay, fine. All right. No worries. <laughs> Jesus. Poor he Kevin Bacon. Too much credit. Sitting with he gets too much credit. He yeah. gets too much credit. Too much credit. I'm a, I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan, Kevin. If you're listening. Oh, he's done one two good movies. Come on, move on. Uh, Jake doesn't speak for the rest of the Masked Podcasters or our guests. <laughs> you oh, need to have <laughs> need to have one of those yeah disclaimers at the end. Is it is it my go now? Can I talk? Yeah, you can talk. Can you talk on your yeah. podcast? <laughs> Who could stop you? Who could stop point. you? That's a very good point. Um, I was I was thinking, and I don't know whether this is one of those ones I'm going to try and sandwich in, whether it's a bottle episode or not. Um, I just recently saw Parasite, and I think this counts as a bottle episode. Has anyone seen it? Yep, I have seen it, Shan. I don't know if it does. It's close. It takes place almost entirely in one setting and location in a house um, yeah. that has some, some twists and turns about what's actually in the house. Um, but it's a, it's a South Korean film that was actually, it was best, it won um, Best Picture last year at the Oscars. Um, That's right, yeah. And uh, it is a phenomenal movie. It, it, it is incredibly acted and really well shot and tense as all hell. Um, the basic premise of it is that uh, a very rich South Korean family um, take on a, a tutor who um, is a young Korean guy who's very, very poor and lives at, uh, with his family. Um, mm-hmm. And slowly but surely they um, get rid of other servants, other um, service people in the home um, and take over all of these different functions by members of his own family with a view of kind of taking over the house. Um, and so his father becomes the driver um, his mother, the cleaner. Um, his sister is like an art teacher, and he's a tutor to the uh, the older daughter. Um, and they slowly start to to kind of get get themselves into this family setting, and as a parasite would, feed off uh, the family. And it all kind of goes wrong from there. But it's a fascinating movie, and I I was gripped. I loved it. Absolutely loved the movie. Um, and it is very tense in that way, um, with some surprises sticking around the corner. Mm. I am definitely going to watch that because that sounds phenomenal. I think everyone needs to kind of see these movies that um, they're foreign films, they're subtitles, but just because they're not in English doesn't make them not good. Mm. And I, I think that's become more and more common now with things like The Raid, The Raid 2, Parasite winning the best Oscar, uh, best picture. 
there's there's so many interesting and new kind of movies out there that aren't being seen. Uh, I'm glad that Parasite won Best Picture because then a lot of people have seen it now. As they should, yeah. And I, I just don't think people should uh, discount movies based on where they're shot um, or who you know which country makes them. I mean, South Korea has been pumping out some amazing films, um, and that director particularly. I think it's the same guy that made Snowpiercer, isn't it? It, it is. It yeah. Is, yeah. So I think they're starting, starting to get a hook into mainstream um, uh, audiences. And I mean, another another movie that's definitely not a bottle, bottle episode, but Train to Busan, with, you know, as a, as a horror uh, zombie flick, which you can see on Netflix. It's it's there. It's ripe to be to be watched. And if you haven't seen Train to Busan, I'd, I'd I'd recommend that as well. And Old Boy, I think Old Boy's on Netflix as well. And 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 both Old Boy is Old Boy is actually on my list, Jake. Um, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, in, in, it is a real bottle. It is a real bottle episode. And, and again, Old Boy is a movie that I want people to see to know less about when they they go into it. But there's a there's an American remake by Spike Lee, and there's the original um, Old Boy. I would watch the original, but the Spike Lee one's still very very good with Josh Brolin. Um, and um, man, the less you know about that movie, the better. But be be prepared for a shock. Don't want to spoil anything in that movie for sure. I think it's your turn, Christian. No, no, I, I do have one more film that I think we can cover, and it's, it's, it's. Uh, I think you boys are going to love it, just based on, on. Uh, well, I'm just taking a guess because I think everyone loves it. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Interesting. I hate that movie. Interesting. <laughs> I hate. I, that I, movie. Don't I don't understand how Shannon could hate that movie. I, I, it's perfect I, for him. No, that I'm, sounds like torture having to relive the same day over and over again. <laughs> I've been doing that the movie split. itself. I've been doing that for bloody eight months. I hate it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I don't need to see the movie. I'm living it. <laughs> um, but the, don't you see why it's so relevant to our life and times right now, Shannon? It's like exactly like you say, we're living Groundhog Day. It is, and it is. I still hate it. But there's no Bill Murray. Th- there is. That's true. He is very good in it, but he, he's it's also a horrible, horrible, horrible biggest movie. scumbag. So I, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, describe. Not a horrible movie. It's a no, movie. no, he's not. Not, not, not that it's a horrible. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. But him as a person in that movie is horrible. And, but that's the entire idea yes. of the plot of the film. Is is he goes through his character arc of redemption, where he learns, you know, hey, I'm never actually going to progress in life, you know, literally, if I don't amend my ways and change and actually be a decent human being to the people around me. But by by, by learning everything about a woman and then manipulating her. It's not ideal. Well, once again, we talked about this last time. It's a product of its time. <laughs> it is a product of its time. <laughs> they say he spent 2,000 days or 2,000 years in this loop. They estimated it to work out everything he worked out. It would cost it to pay him like 2,000 years or something like that. Really? Yeah, apparently. Maybe he's a slow learner. That's how long it felt watching it. <laughs> to put it in context, and this came out three years before True Lies. <laughs> You've got a sweet spot, haven't you, Christian? <laughs> Well, that five-year period. Think, well, look, I think I think we're of a vintage. You know, we're we're all in our in our thirties, where the nineties were kind of our formative years. They, they certainly so, were. We, we were raised on Schwarzenegger and Murray. <laughs> that's, that's why we are as we are. Is that necessarily such a bad thing, though? I mean, <laughs> I'll let I'll let society judge us for that, Christian. I'll let others judge I'll us. History, I think we'll let history judge us. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll be judged harshly for some things, uh, and I think. Um, some days, someday they will look back on us and, and look back at some of the films and, and perhaps put a warning on them as they've done with Gone with the Wind. I'm going to let history judge me. I want the 1970 to judge me or I want Caligula. I can't decide which. 
literally you're talking about is it the Oliver Stone? Uh, it's a bit earlier than that. It's uh, don't watch Kligar. Whatever you're doing, put it down. Stop googling. Don't look at the screenshots. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> no, no, I know which one you're talking about. I don't think I've ever, I've never actually managed to see it because I haven't been able to find a copy. The, of the it. Malcolm McDowell is that? I'm sure it's Malcolm McDowell Caligula. It's just it's just not worth watching. Um, okay, um, Jake, did you have any more? Do you want to move to TV shows? I've got a couple oh. more. I'm happy to speed through them though. Yeah, I'm just going. I'm just going to say the the three that are left on my list. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Um, interesting fact is I wrote down Shanshank instead of Shawshank. Yep. Not Good. sure why. Good. Um, better better respect. So see, the see, see Shanshank instead of uh, Shawshank. Uh, obviously, Shawshank's probably the most uh, beloved, or in Shannon's case, hated uh, prison movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, highest rated IMDb ever. So Wrong. everyone should probably check that out. Yeah. Uh, um, if, if you're mention- wondering why I don't like it, there is an episode on our only episode on YouTube, um, and uh, you check it out and, and download it. It's it's not good, but the it's podcast a great, it's a great episode from us. Yes, it's a great. We we strongly disagree about uh, how it turned out. Um, I just want to mention two other ones that are a bit more lighthearted uh, comedy movies: uh, Life, Eddie Murphy, and Martin Lawrence. Uh, I know Shannon, not one for Shannon, but a really lighthearted. Um, Interesting look at life in prison as two black men in the, uh, I think it's early 30s. Really, really interesting and really kind of funny movie. And one more recent one that I know Shannon's going to hate because he's got his favourite actor of all time in it is Longest Yard. Yeah. Um, I have to mention it because Shannon loves it. Because it's, it's got a Sandler in it and it wouldn't be a Masked Podcasters episode if we didn't drop Adam Sandler in it somewhere. It's got, it's got, it's got <laughs> literally everything you want. It's got Adam Sandler. It's got uh, the carrot. It's got literally... Everything you'd want in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Plus Chris Rock. It's got Adam Sandler in it. So. Enough said. <laughs> um, it's actually quite, it's got a lot of wrestlers in there as well, which is funny. Uh, some WWE superstars in there Steve Austin, uh, Kevin Nash, the great Kali, uh, the Goldbergs in there as well. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a lighthearted movie that everyone seems to like. Except and me. It's on a lot of lists. Except me. Yeah, the- have you seen it, Shen? Uh, I have seen it. I didn't like it. Why does Chris what? Rock get blown up in that that movie for no reason? Because they're trying to pin him murder on him. But they just move on like nothing happened. Well, no, because he they they resolve it by him playing football well. Oh, good. Yeah, just like yeah. everyone. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll, I'll whip through mine. Um, the the ones I wanted to talk about were uh, Bronson is an incredible prison movie, and again, a, a big stellar stellar performance by Tom Hardy. Um, fantastic movie. Shutter Island is kind of contained to one one area, which um, is also kind of a prison slash um, mental facility. Um, a great Scorsese movie if you if you're uh, and Leo and Leo Leo DiCaprio is great and Mark Rockwell as well. Mm. Um, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is is absolutely a prison movie in in its in its raw sense, I think, um, and an incredible performance by Jack Nicholson. Um, and, uh, and and Nurse Ratched is terrifying. And in fact, I think we're getting a, a prequel to that movie uh, as a TV called show. Ratchet, I think. Yeah, just it's called, called Ratchet. Ratchet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is uh, is going to be uh, shit, probably. And I'm not going to watch it. Um, <laughs> and um, the other one I wanted to to raise, or there's two more I wanted to raise. Hateful Eight, the Tarantino movie, is a, oh. is a classic bottle episode. Um, mm. A bottle movie stuck all in one house. Once they all get to the the, the location, um, and are stuck there, and um, too long. And it's it's a touch. It's a fraction long. Tarantino's got a problem with that, especially in his later later portion of his career. 
Um, but it's phenomenal. Um, it's it's a really tight, tense movie, um, and it's Kurt Douglas smashing a Nantec guitar unknowingly, which they had to leave in the movie. He's, he's one of my favourite on-set stories of all time. Um, but it adds, a, it adds a certain authenticity to the reaction. It, it the certainly does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's um, but boy, that's a that's a cracking film. It is a touch long, but you've got to stick with it because um, it's it's shot like a Tarantino movie, and and who doesn't want to watch that? Um, it doesn't feel long though when you watch it. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I, I I saw it at the at the cinemas, and I was I was riveted the whole time. But. I can see why people would would say it's too long. It's, Tarantino's got to edit out an, a half an hour out of every movie, and I think if he handed the editing over to someone else and said just cut it, I think you'd get, you know, if you, if you got Django without all his scenes in it, where he's crazy Australian <laughs> digger or whatever he is, I just think that's a better and tighter movie than than what we got. Yeah, look, I think that especially that part in Django, that was it felt like basically an extra part of the film. Like the movie actually finished, and now we're just here, sort of satisfying the director. Yes, um, yeah. someone's just taking yeah. the piss at the end. Uh, real yeah. quick, really quickly, guys, did everyone see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's on my watch list. I've been wanting to watch it, but I just haven't got managed to sit down and. It's um, on Amazon at the moment. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. on Amazon, oh, um, Shane, did you see it? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Um, I do, it's definitely not his best. Um, no, and and I I it's look it's right in my wheelhouse. Like it's crime, it's the Should making of, it's the making of movies, and it's Tarantino, and it's Pitt and DiCaprio. Like it should have been an absolute knock it out of the park. And I just think again, I thought it was it was a half an hour too long, um, mm. and it was just there was a whole bunch of stuff that didn't need to be in there. It wasn't it was, focused. It was yeah, it wasn't it was, focused, and it was kind of missing his his trademark dialogue i just thought the dialogue was kind yeah. of boring so um yeah I, that was a shame um it's shot really well if anyone wants to watch three hours of someone shoot the shit out of a movie that's that's one to watch but um it wouldn't be it's not my tip for, for tarantino um the other one i wanted to throw out was a bit of a weird one which is called the invitation it's on netflix at the moment um i went in knowing very little about it and it blew my socks off um I'd, I'd probably mark it up as a horror movie or as at best a psychological sort of thriller. Um, but it's one uh, dinner party where, where all friends that have been uh, become a bit estranged come together for a dinner party and um, things uh, go a bit poorly um, from, from there. It's, it's, a, it's a cracking film and one that's really worth watching. Um, and another one that actually just sprang to my mind straight away that's similar and it's a bit of an indie one but i think it just turned up on stan which is await further uh in further instructions um which is a horror movie in which um a family on on christmas wake up to find that their house has been shuttered um and that they are starting to get instructions from the tv and when they don't comply bad things happen um and um it's it's a fascinating movie but it's you can tell it's shot very cheaply because they've locked it to one one location um, and but it, it it hums along. It's the acting's not brilliant, and it's nothing particularly special about how it's shot. But it's a high high concept, which I love. Um, I wait for the introduction. Is, is that because you know it's basically our lives now? Pre- pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's how I'm feeling. Um, and Uncle Dan just keeps giving me directions that I got to follow um, from the TV. from the TV, and uh, it's upsetting me. But it's basically what we're in now. But I I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Excellent. Um, can I just make a quick correction to our, our conversation earlier on we, I, when we were talking about Caligula? Um, and I said, is that the Oliver Stone film? It's actually Gore Vidal. That's who I was that's thinking it. of. Yep. 
Mm, yeah, and uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I've been trying to. It's impossible to find a bloody copy of it. Yeah, because as soon as you download it, you get um, on a list somewhere. Oh, is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They come knock on your door right away. Now, did you download this, sir? Uh, yeah, they, you think they're there for a coronavirus check. They're actually because you, you, you <laughs> downloaded Caligula. Um, <laughs> Maybe they want to borrow, borrow the DVD to have a look. I don't know. Oh, they'll know. They'll know. <laughs> okay. Um, so has anyone got any more movies they want to throw out before we move to TV shows? No, I'm good. Good. All right. Jake, hit us with TV. All right. Now, I know Christian isn't a big fan, uh, as we pointed out in the last episode, but one of the best spoiler episodes of all time is uh, is Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. uh, called Ricky Minutes. Now, this is the episode where basically it's a universal cable, yeah, inter- interdimensional cable. Uh, basically, it goes through a there's a process where uh, Rick creates a device where they can see their alternate futures alternate dimensions what could have been as well as uh, a whole bunch of made-up tv shows that justin Roiland made up on the spot and they created animations to um there are some cracking cracking uh, fictional tv shows and movies the two brothers yeah is uh strings to mind yeah uh ball fondlers top hat jones uh fake doors.com little mouse um Little bits, little that's, bits. That's, that's the second one. I don't care. I'm throwing it in there. Little bits. <laughs> little bits is fantastic. Um, it, it it really gives a. It's an interesting episode because not only does it explain, uh, it show these random wacky events, but it also gives a really good backstory of, um, how uh, Jerry and Beth stay together, mm. uh, and what would happen if they didn't stay together. So it's a. Uh, it's crazy, it's it's bonkers, but it also has a little bit of heart to it in the background as well. It's also, to me, it's not even the best um, bottle episode of Rick and Morty. It's total total Rickle for me, um, which is it's all stuck in the house. The house is shuttered and they're, they're, uh, they're beset by a, a parasite that is manifesting as um, a, 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 a family member and they're trying to work out who the family member is um, that's actually the parasite. And every time... They remember something. Some a new character turns up, so the house just becomes full of of invented beloved characters um, and crazy, like the, crazy ridiculous. So and then they have to try and work out who's real and who's fake, and it um, is right down the rabbit hole. It's my favorite Rick and Morty episode, and um, it's it's a bottle episode, and it's brilliant. So if uh, those doubting Thomases um, that don't like Rick and Morty, that's that's my favorite episode. Uh, so uh, Ricky Minutes is season one, episode four, which was my one, and Shannon's is Total Recall season two, episode four. Just for anyone playing along at home, Christian, yes. give us a give us a TV watch episode. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna break with convention and not name a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> How but, dare you, sir? <laughs> for reasons you can probably understand. But I want to nominate an entire TV series, which is uh, I think qualifies because it's all told in the same place and it's a it's a, it's a bbc classic faulty towers it's it's on my list christian you, you beat me to it mate but uh but great oh, choice great choice isn't isn't it a phenomenal tv series and so for anyone who hasn't seen faulty towers so basically anyone who i don't know has been living on an island in the pacific with absolutely no contact with the rest of the world and presumably getting access to this podcast through i don't know listening with a with a with a uh, very long string attached to a cup they, they have um, an original ipod and it's just that and the first fast and furious movie that's all they have access to there's some kind of interdimensional <laughs> portal yeah. this, this show gets beamed right to that one ipod <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's a series uh, starring the, the the legendary John Cleese, uh, made in the late seventies, yep. about a, a couple who run a hotel in in the south of England. Um, and I think it's fair to say that the people who run that hotel, John Cleese, uh, John Cleese's character Basil Fawlty and his wife Sybil, should certainly not run a hotel. For sure, <laughs> I think that's that's the best summation of that story I think I've ever heard. That's all you need. That's yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> um, but it is it is an excuse for John Cleese to just be the most John Cleasey he can be. Um, was, he, was he actually really acting? I don't think he was. I'm not sure he knew uh, that there was a TV series being shot. Um, that. <laughs> but he he wrote it all. He he him and um, his his uh, co-writer, who was the the young female, not Sybil, the other one, uh, Polly. Polly. Um, yeah, but her actual name is co-writer. They were a couple at the time, um, they were. and and wrote it together. And it's it's typically you know twelve episodes. British sitcom, so it's it's very easy to watch. Um, why why did Americans make it like twenty four episodes when they can do a solid ten brilliant episodes like the English do? Um, and that is, they don't need to be extended to twenty four episodes. I'm not sure why they do that. I mean, it's the the fact that they they managed to get you know what ten seasons of The Office out when British the British Office is two episodes and a Christmas special, a two seasons yeah, and a Christmas, of six episodes. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's perfect. I don't know, like, it's a time capsule. You can watch that, and it's perfectly, uh, you know, encased in the time period. Um, it doesn't it doesn't have to say it's welcome. Um, every episode's a perler. I think it's got an extraordinary level of polish compared to um, television series that you'll you'll watch today. Um, I even think compared to a lot of modern British TV series, I think it I think it outshines them. I think it's it's an extraordinary piece of work um, in any era, let alone you know the nineteen seventies. And what a shame it got caught up in the cancel culture of removing one episode because of talk of Nazis. Like, you know, one of the more and we talked about this the last time you were here, Christian. But what a what an overreaction, a gross overreaction to something. Oh, absolutely, and we discussed this in the last episode, so probably about hour two point five or something. <laughs> on the- we'll time, we'll time pretty much for everyone. Um, for anyone who might have missed that. <laughs> so, um, one of the ones I wanted to talk about is probably again. It's a whole, really, to me, it's a whole, um, a whole series, really, rather than just one episode. But it's, um, it's, uh, it's community, um, and everyone knows we're such a massive fan of community. But it, it was very deliberately um, uh, conceived to save money to shoot it entirely almost in one location within the school, in the study room. Um, but they very rarely, rarely leave the campus um, of yep. community. Uh, there's two there's two bottle episodes within that, though. Um, I've, got, I've written out both of them, so yeah. Remedial Chaos Theory and Competitive Calligraphy are both b- traditional bottle episodes. One takes place in Troy and Arbid's apartment where they roll... Troy and Arbid's apartment. Thank you. And then they, they roll <laughs> dice... Um, and and uh, and Arvid makes the point that every time they roll a dice, they, they they're creating six different timelines, and we see those different timelines manifest depending on the roll of the dice, um, and um, and you see seven different timelines, which is becomes a bit of a running joke because they see a dark a very dark timeline, um, darkest timeline, yeah. the darkest timeline, and those characters end up coming back throughout the series. So um, it is a it's a brilliant bottle episode. In fact, I think in in compare. Uh, cooperative calligraphy in which Annie's pen goes missing and they all blame each other and it, it becomes very nasty. Um, Arbed makes the point that he hates bottle episodes um, in, inside that episode. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's a perfectly uh, encased 
uh, way of showing a bottle episode and where the characters, one of the characters at least, is hyper aware they're in a bottle episode. Um, but I will say, Shan, in that episode, it's the perfect example of the highlighting or the pros and cons of each character. Mm. It's it's perfectly written for each character yeah. and it, what, exactly what each character would do, what they would say. Um, and it's just, if you wanted to know everything about community, I think you need to watch that episode and then I will tell you everything you need to know about that character. Yeah, it's 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 a brilliant, and and you genuinely feel bad. And and there's a great little twist at the end about how it actually all came to pass. Um, it's again, it gets called back later through the series. Um, it's it's a pivotal moment in that show, but it just shows how smart that writing and that show actually is. But they they cheaped out that the, the, the cast has admitted freely, and and the creators that they they did that show with those many episodes to keep the cost down to keep it in. Um, all contained within that those couple of sets that they had built, um, and they did it. You know, um, crisis creates opportunity in, in art, and 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 those sorts of things just make people better um, in their in their creativity. So, I, yeah, if you want to look at it, what a true bottle episode is, that's one that works perfectly. And I will mention Shannon in that episode. Um, it's a very important things that happen in community based on that episode. Um, the, the the second mention of uh, Beetlejuice oh, yes. is in that episode. Yeah. Uh, reveals Shirley is pregnant. And Arved's sarcasm, giving mm. away the best friend medal, yeah. is one of the funniest moments in all of community, I think. Yeah. I, I, I can't keep talking more highly about community. People should find it. I think it's got a new life now that it's hit Netflix. Um, yes. And people are looking at it and, and they, they should absolutely watch it and binge it because there is so many interconnected jokes in that. Um, yes. that work so well together. So oh, I'm at scenes jokes in the background. Mm. Mm. Brilliant. Christian, All save right. us from our community talk. All right, I'm going to take you back a period of time. Not to the 1990s, though, thankfully. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to the, the glory years of the year 2000 ooh, ooh, to an episode of Stargate SG-1, which I'm sure you guys would know <laughs> all about. I'm going to go to sleep for the next five minutes, so <laughs> go for it. I haven't seen Stargate. Yeah, Stargate so, SG one is that the, that's the MacGyver one. Yes, it is. Richard Dean Anderson, yeah. absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. Is, and, it, is uh, that similar to Sliders? Is that Sliders? How dare you? Is that, that a movie? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is Sliders like a TV show where they jump through portals yes. and go back through yes. time? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Yes. Carry on. That's right. But Sliders was alternate dimensions, whereas okay. this is actual travel across uh, across the galaxy through you know, the Stargate. Okay. Um, based on a on a, on a, another nineties film, which was was legendary, starring uh, one of my favourite actors, Kurt Douglas um, and James Spader. James Spader, yeah. that's what. <laughs> James Spader playing very nerdy <laughs> against type. He, yeah, very against type, yeah. um, and does it remarkably well. Yeah. So the episode is uh, called "Window of Opportunity." Um, it is season four, episode six. Basically, Colonel O'Neill, played by Richard Dean Anderson, and Teal'c, um, who is Chris Judd. Um, Christopher Judge, sorry, uh, realise they're tucking a, stuck in a time loop and they're the only ones who realise it. So every couple of hours, the time resets. Um, and the boys decide to use this op- this time as a bit of an opportunity to you know take some take some leave. So they basically start off every reset um, and use it as an opportunity to go do things like play golf, learn a different language, pursue romantic interests that they normally you know couldn't do due to um, issues with rank and uh, all that sort of thing. So definitely a great... I think segue from um, the overall story arc 
um, of that series, which, you know, it's one of those ones where there's lots and lots of episodes of that show and the story arc um, progresses over, over a number of them. Um, this episode is definitely a standalone, uh, just a fun little story, basically echoing an event like Groundhog Day where the same events are playing out over and over again until um, the protagonist can, can do something to break the cycle. Mm. I know nothing about Stargate. I do know, but... Christian, that I, I saw Stargate at my 10th birthday party um, with uh, with two friends. Uh, that was my that was my birthday party. I was going to see Stargate at the movies, um, and, oh, really? and I thought it was fine. So uh, the movie was definitely excellent. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to do a remake of it. Um, they're re- they're thinking of relaunching the whole thing. Right. Um, so it's not going to be like a, a follow on or, or exist in the same universe as the existing Stargate. Um, How many Stargates Stargate? were there? There was a couple of TV shows, wasn't there? Yeah, there was obviously a Stargate movie. Then there's a Stargate SG-1 TV series. There was Stargate Atlantis and the Stargate Universe. I sort of um, dropped off after a couple of seasons of Atlantis. Um, and the later seasons of Stargate SG-1, you know, I, I sort of zoned out of them as well. Mm. Um, the original cast had all sort of moved on to other things and they brought in new new um, actors and characters and it just it just wasn't the same. Mm. I think it's, it, was a, it was a series that was existing for a certain period of time um, it had its era, and I think it um, it probably overstayed its welcome um, in some cases. And I'll pr- be prepared for the inevitable hate mail that we send. <laughs> I'm typing mine now. <laughs> Dear sir, <laughs> <laughs> let me talk to your manager. <laughs> Jake, what's your next uh, one? I just want to mention two really uh, two really quick ones. Now, the first one is another British TV show, which is basically all bottle episodes in the first uh, season or couple of seasons, is Red Dwarf. Uh, mm. Basically, they're stuck on a spaceship um, and they have... Basically, it's about surviving life in a spaceship that has that are miles away from Earth, limited supplies, and only three members or four members of the crew. So that's pretty much a bottle episode. They go to different planets sometimes, but it's basically a bottle episode the whole time. And it's great, short, uh, probably overstated its welcome a little bit. Um, in the in the too many seasons, they, they keep bringing it back, really, don't they? I mean, we, yeah. we're still we're still getting. I think we up until last year or the year before, we were still getting new episodes of Red Dwarf. Yeah, I didn't see any of that, but the first four seasons are pretty solid. I think. Um, oh, they're incredible! Again, a, a nice time capsule, but it's a bit timeless in the sense that they're stuck in space. It's a great premise, high concept, um, mm. and um, fascinating that, that the last person on Earth is this slovenly you know, waste of space effectively. Um, they, they pair him up with the, the person the he had. The, the person who had, he had the most contact with was his, his uh, roommate that he hated. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a fascinating concept. Um, it's really, really good. If you can get the first, as Jake said, three, four, five uh, seasons of Red Dwarf, it's absolutely worth watching. It's probably on ABC on demand, on demand or something like yeah. that for Australian listeners. Um, yeah, you should absolutely track it down. It's it's brilliant. It, and can I just also throw an honourable mention in there for the ship's cat? Oh, Danny Jules jo- yes. John. Yeah, yeah. What a yes. What, what a phenomenal performance. Um, and he really just takes that series to another level. I feel his 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 contributions are immeasurable. And the and the addition of Crichton, the robot later on, is a is oh, a brilliant addition to a late, you know, oh, to bring and, a character in that works so well. And and the ship's computer. Oh, oh, Holly. Yeah. Everybody's dead, Dave. <laughs> such I, I such a the, fir- the first three seasons are just, are just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And, and I think, you know, once once the premise is lost that they, they stay on the ship permanently, it kind of it kind of loses something a little bit. It gets away yeah. from its bottle episode premise and kind of loses something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, it's still funny, but I just think the 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 once you've you've run out of ideas to ha- what to do on the ship with you know three characters, um, it um, yeah it loses a bit of its magic. But um, it's there's certainly jokes in there that work really really well, and the cast is all really strong. Um, mm. What are your thoughts on I suppose the later editions that have come out in more recent years? Um, I haven't seen them. I think they've honest. gone high concepts and they're shot they're shot particularly well, which I think takes the illusion away a little bit. Um, I, they're not as funny, and the characters are much older. The actors are much older and and a bit more bedraggled. And I mean, Chris Barry, I'd watch Chris Barry do anything because he's hilarious. But um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah, it takes a, a little bit of the magic away. It's one of those those things that should probably just stay in the past. Yeah, yeah I so. I, I, and I've you know when I first watched Blackadder um, back in the day, uh, especially the, the the last season, which was set in um, the trenches of World War One. Have you got Have you guys seen it? Mm-hmm. Uh, bits and pieces. Oh, well, it's it's phenomenal. It's only very short, though. Only you know, once again, British series are you know, a very limited number, um, but every episode is, is excellent. And um, I remember often thinking when I was when years ago, thinking I'd love to see more of it, and I wish they'd kept making it. But in a way, that would have cheapened it because it was a, a discrete piece of work that existed for a certain period of time. And I think the actors and, and, the, and the production crew who worked on it put an incredible amount of work and effort into it and that wouldn't have been sustainable you know, over a you know, 20, 30 episode series run. So sometimes I think it's about appreciating what we have um, and treasuring that. I, and, and being I think we've shown time and time again that when we bring series back, they don't they do not do as well as when they were, were there. And I think some of my favourite TV shows of all time have had had runs where they've been interrupted by by something um, mm. and have come back and haven't haven't been as good and 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 sometimes that really hurts the legacy of the show and I mean maybe maybe it's something we can continue to talk about after we wrap up prisons it's probably not a bad topic for a pod for the podcast is shows that have come back that haven't done as well so maybe we'll we'll park that and we might come back to that if everyone's keen yeah I can think of a couple of examples yeah straight away that, that yeah. jump straight out so um, we, I don't know whether you want to snip this out Jake and we can talk about it later or we can um oh no we can we'll leave it bring it around and come back to it. Just a forward sizzle, Shannon, as you say. A little bit of forward sizzle. I love a bit of forward sizzle. Um, so the only <laughs> well, the I just, ones... I just I've got, I've got sorry, a couple I more. About more. I've got one more that I want to say. Actually, really my quickly. turn, but that's okay. I'll let you do it. Uh, no, well, I said two quick ones, and you cut me off after Red Dwarf, so <laughs> let's go back and forth. But I'll just say one more really quickly. Um, now, Friends is, an epi- is a season or a TV show that has basically only four, five sets they use, and they very rarely go away from those. But a really, in particular, bottle episode is... Um, the the one where no one's ready, where Ross is trying to get them to get dressed and just no one wants to get dressed. And then Joey and Chandler fight about the cushion and he wears all his clothes and does lunges. Uh, I think that's probably the, the perfect uh, bottle episode for that whole series. Yeah, they are, they are only ever in Monica's apartment for that yeah. for that whole whole episode. Um, interesting link between Red Dwarf and Friends. Um, the American remake of... Um, of Red Dwarf uh, was uh, was shot around at the same time that Friends, that the pilot for Friends was made, um, and mm. Craig Bierko was up was offered the role of Joey but turned it down to do the Red Dwarf pilot, um, the oh, American wow. remake, and uh, and obviously uh, Matt LeBlanc took over um, and was uh, very successful and probably very very rich, um, and Craig <laughs> Bierko was a bloke that no one's heard of. So um, no, I, it also I couldn't tell you what he was doing. Now, now the thing, I, the point I want to make is that anyone who's seen Red Dwarf knows um, that Craig Charles um, is a slovenly, not a particularly good-looking leading man, and Craig Bierko was a handsome version of Joey Tribbiani. Like 
It was really <laughs> poor casting anyway. Why would you make Lister a, a, a square-jawed, all-American guy? You lose <laughs> that character a bit, I think. Um, so it just goes to show Americans ruin everything British, save, <laughs> save for maybe The Office. Yes, absolutely. The office was phenomenal, and I don't. I won't hear you say bad things about it. But but that's that's a rare a rare win for the Americans on that. But I mean, imagine being Craig Bierko now. Um, I, I can't read, even find him on. I can't even find him. Literally, I, cannot find him. I, I I read something the other day that um that uh, Warner Brothers makes two billion dollars a year from reruns of Friends, um, oh. and the cast get twenty million dollars each time it's syndicated. Jesus. So it's ridiculous, and and Craig Bierko probably probably is working at Subway. I don't want to say anything bad, but he's probably <laughs> working at Subway. I can't even find him. Like I type in Craig B. I don't know how to spell his name, and it's, there's literally no mention of him he, at all. He pops up in stuff occasionally, and I get all excited. I'm like, that's Craig Bierko, the guy who made the worst decision ever. Um, so yeah, oh, look, he's a bit, you know, and, and you know, if we want to go back to to failed pilots and and people we've been talking about, um, the pilot version of the IT crowd um, that was shot in the American remake starred Joel McHale from from Community. It didn't get off the pilot episode, um, but you can download it. You can actually find that episode and and watch it, and it's fascinating to see how badly the Americans ruin it. Um, oh. So he plays he plays the um, the, the Chris O'Dowd character, um, and again, he's just too handsome to, ca- to to carry that that character. It doesn't make sense that you put a square square jawed, good looking American into into that that character. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. I can yeah, I can, I can say that Craig Bierko is still working. Oh, there we go. At Subway. Him. No, he's <laughs> he's got a post production movie called God the Worm. Oh yeah, and he made he, he made one movie last year. And one year, one movie the year before, he was in Unreal TV for three years. Well, if you're listening, um, Craig, Godspeed, sunshine. <laughs> we Poor remember Martin. you. We Poor we Martin. we fondly remember you. Um, you can still see the Red Dwarf um pilot, and it's really good. I would watch both of them back to back, um, the IT crowd and uh, the Red Dwarf pilot, because it is fascinating to watch the Americans um fuck up such a such a phenomenal British TV shows. Um, yeah, but I think it's important for you to make sure that you watch the the actual pilot for the the British versions first, so you can you get an understanding and you can see how the Americans will make the same thing, like scene for scene, line for line, and it just doesn't work. That, that's that's exactly what happened in in the IT crowd. It was a shot for shot remake, like identical. Mm. Um, yep. The the Red Dwarf version was very different, um, brightly lit sets, um, just taking away the kind of crummy exterior of uh, of the ship of Red Dwarf. And the interior, which was grey and um, and sort of downtrodden, they made it shiny and look a little bit like Star Trek. Um, but what happened was they had cast the entire series um, with American actors, and slowly they started um, replacing them with the British counterparts. So Chris Bowery was brought over to fill in the Rimmer. Danny John Jules was brought over to play Cat. The only person they left was Craig Bierko and and Craig Charles out of it. <laughs> Um, and and uh, it didn't work, and it failed, so it didn't get picked up. So um, it's a fascinating look um, at at, um, at American remakes, and they did that a lot. They just picked a British show up that worked, and 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 completely ruined it. Um, and those are those are two ones, two examples that I can think of. Um, two more bottle episodes I probably want to talk about before we we, we close this off. Um, I really wanted to talk about Seinfeld um, and probably the Chinese restaurant as a perfect example of a bottle episode. It takes place entirely in a, in a Chinese restaurant. 
Um, and in fact, it's kind of the, the epitome of why people said it was a show about nothing because nothing really happens. They don't get to eat. Um, and um, they're, they're frustratingly stuck in line in this, in, this, uh, in this Chinese restaurant waiting because they're trying to get to a movie um, and they never go to the movie. They don't get dinner. Um, right. Everyone gets pissed off. George breaks up with his girlfriend via the phone, I think, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but it is a, it's a phenomenal episode. And, and I, I love Seinfeld so much, but that, that episode springs to mind straight away as a bottle episode. Um, yeah. And there's a Family Guy episode called Brian and Stewie um, where they're stuck in a bank vault. Um, and it, I, I raise it not because I'm a particularly fond of Family Guy. Um, and there's a particularly gross plot element in that where Brian has to eat Stewie's dirty nappy and it's gross. Um, but there's a really long do- uh, uh, monologue at the end where Stewie talks about, um, it, Brian's talking about potentially why he keeps a gun in his locker um, in his bank mm. vault. And that's in case he ever feels the need to kill himself. Um, and they talk about, friends and what that means and, and how important they are to each other. And it's a really, really nice kind of really poignant moment in a stupid TV show. Um, but they can do feels if they want. They can do series if they want to. Um, they just choose yeah. to make dick jokes most of the time. But that that episode uh, immediately stuck out as a way you do a bottle episode um, in an animated cartoon. And I think Archer's got some versions of bottle episodes as well where it's all entirely in the, in the offices of um, or, the mansion, the mansion. or the mansion. So yeah, I think you know t- TV shows, animated shows can do it really well as well. Yeah, and just while you're on Family Guy, I think it's you know as you say, it's it's not a it's not a TV show that people instantly think of. You know, connecting to people's emotions and, and de- dealing with some more, I suppose, highbrow topics. But there's an episode of that that I remember, which was. Um, where Quagmire and uh, eventually unloads on Brian and explains why he doesn't like him. Yeah. And uh, and Brian's shocked. He had no idea that Quagmire had, had any feelings, negative feelings towards him at all. Um, and, and Quagmire basically calls Brian out for being a, um, a self-obsessed narcissistic hypocrite, mm-hmm. um, which once he you know, sort of unloads all, un- unloads all that, you, under, you, you, you kind of understand. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. They're all terrible characters. Every single person in that show is terrible. Yeah. 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 Um, that's sort of the premise of the whole show. Yeah, actually. really. Yeah, so. yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, he does point it out, and he, he, you know, he's he he basically steps in for the audience in that in that regard and starts calling out some truths, um, mm. which is which is a great a great little bit as well. Um, and it's interesting coming from Quagmire, who is certainly a detestable character, the, the worst character, himself. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other any other uh, bottle TV shows we want to talk about? Is any? No one's mentioned Prison Break. I thought that'd come up. I was going to mention it, but I still think that Prison Break, the first season, is one of the best premises of a TV show, and then it quickly falls apart because, you know, they escape prison. But yeah. um, it, it, is, it is a great first season. I highly recommend watching the first season. And then nothing else. Just pretend Good. they all got shot. <laughs> yeah. Write your own, well, fit, yeah, write your yeah, own version of yeah, how it ends. Yeah, because I, I really, they, they fall the cliff hard. I just, I'd um, like a title the, card. Can you, can, you, can you edit that in? Just a title card that says, and they all died. At the end of season one, and that's it. <laughs> because I mean, it's so smart the way they go about getting out of the prison. Yes. That he's de- dedicated his whole you know existence to getting out of the prison, and there's sure there's a plan to escape and be normal, but it just it falls yeah. hard off a cliff. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of stuff I love in a, in a in a TV series or a movie. Those really intricate sort of um, I suppose plot elements that all kind of come together in a, in a sudden moment of realization. Um, and the episode of Prison Break where you learn about the plan where he's gone, all these tattoos actually map out the, it's brilliant. You know, the 
tunnels in the prison and all that sort of thing. I thought that was phenomenal. Loved that. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why they kept going with the series. They should have wrapped the whole thing up. It's and it would have been a perfect piece of work. It's a phenomenon that seems to happen in these types of TV shows where the the writers don't seem to see past season one. I think mm. you know if you look at something like Lost, I don't, they clearly didn't have an exit strategy for that for that show. Um, I've been watching The Good Place recently, if anyone knows The Good oh, Place, yeah, which right. is a great show, but it stands seems to me that the later that that, that show goes on, and we're, I'm at season four at the moment, is that they didn't really have a plan to how they were going to get out. Once you've, once you've solved the key issue of the story, what do you do with it? And that stands mm. to reason that as soon as people got out of prison, they're no longer prison breaking, the show loses its title. Like, what do you do now? You've got to put well, it back put in back prison. In, yeah, you've got to put it back, back somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, it'd be like if the office had, uh, you know, the business had gone under and closed, and the rest of the series was just following the characters. That's around. right. It's it just like you, you've yeah. you've shot your wad too early, guys. You've got to stretch yep. this stuff out, and it just I, I don't know how these shows. I, I I wonder whether these shows get picked up not knowing if they're going to make it to season two or three, and so they just hope that they get one solid show, one series in, and then they lose the plot. It. it it's odd. It's odd to me. Yeah, I think I think streaming is going to change that, especially now that the streaming corporations or streaming companies are now um, investing in their own content. I think they're able to give shows a much a much um, greater sense of security, and they're able to commit earlier on because they know that they're going to be successes just based on you know their their metrics. But, and... but Netflix is ruthless with its shows. Like it cuts it cuts a lot of shows r- routinely that don't have an ending. Um, so you know, yeah, yes and no. I think that'll that'll happen. And but what we're seeing is ports of old shows that that did well elsewhere that have been picked up. Um, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Arrested Development is another one that got picked up by Netflix and new series was made. Um, the expense over on Amazon. Yeah, Prime. so so you'll start to see shows that that maybe get cut off prematurely will get picked up. But I'd like to see a show that maps out an arc. And I think some of these times that these shows are too successful. Lost was too successful. And, and they then had to scramble to keep it going rather than probably their original arc of three three seasons, potentially. Um, but I think that's where movies shows like um, like Red Dwarf, coming back to Red Dwarf, is that they were a low-budget, small for four seasons, then it got popular, and then thought, well, we're going to throw all this money at it, and that's when they lose their way. Yeah. On on um similar topic of Netflix and prison films and shows and whatnot, did any of you guys watch Orange is the New Black? Uh, I, I had it on in the background because my partner watched it, but... Mm. I thought it was okay. No, I haven't seen an episode. Actually, no, sorry, sorry, that's a lie. I saw the first episode and went, and that's not for me, thank you. Really? Yeah. No, I thought it was right. I liked it. The, the moment, the moment Jim from American Pie turned up, I went, no, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you, also got, you also got the things like Wentworth, um, Bad Girls. Oh, Jake, Bad Girls, what a phenomenal show. Uh, I, I still can't find it anywhere, Shane. It, it is a phenomenal British it. TV show. Christian, have you ever heard of Bad Girls? No. Um, takes place in a prison, um, in a women's prison, um, and it's it's phenomenal. Um, again, it, it loses its way, I think, after about season four or five. Um, but um, if you can get those first four or five seasons, uh, they are brilliant. But Shen, I, I've seen that, that season probably, I've seen that whole series maybe once, yep. about 15 years ago, and I still remember bits and pieces of it very, very fondly. Yeah, yeah, like, there's, there's, some, there's some phenomenal episodes in there. And, yeah. and one of the best bad guys... Um, in uh, Jim. in Jim, yeah. How can you remember that? Like, I remember remember what happened yesterday, but I remember Jim from fifteen years ago in a, a TV show that I saw once. Exceptionally That's played. How impactful it was. He's yeah. exceptionally played. That bloke. 
Um, I think that's it. I think we've I think we've done justice to the lockdown. I think this this podcast has gone nearly as long as the lockdown we've all been experiencing. Um, so you know that's one one, um, one video game uh, which is a bottle episode as well. Uh, Arkham Asylum, Batman mm. uh, takes place in one location for one night. Uh, very good. Resident Evil. Game I think you could argue too. Resident Evil takes place all yep. within the mansion. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. So a few few bottleneck uh, games, but we won't go into those. You know, and I th- I think what's going to happen, I think with COVID, I think we'll actually start seeing more bottle episodes with a small cast. So you're not you can't travel travel restrictions. Um, you're unlikely. So I think you're going to see more more of these types of things where it's 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 wholly contained to one or two sets. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, again, it'll just show the creativity of some people because you can get incredibly tense episodes by not moving anywhere, not going anywhere, um, and just having characters under some sort of stress. You know, you think about Saw as a as a movie. It largely takes place in that bathroom. Um, and and that that's the tension. That's, that's the location where you, you're just wondering how they're going to get out of the situation that they're in. Now, that expands a little bit more and you see you see other locations, but... You know, wholly and solely, it's kind of based in that bathroom. Um, yeah, and you've just made me think of. Um, have you guys seen Dust Boot, the submarine? Yes. Film? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another pr- perfect example that I wish I had thought of before we started recording the podcast. Yeah, and just about anything on anything submarine wise. Um, yeah. Is is effectively just one big tin can bottle episode. And Green Room is another one. Oh, Green Room's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Um, um, Patrick a, Patrick Stewart playing against type is is. Terrifying. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. So a green room, just really quickly, if anyone's interested, um, is about a band that plays at a, what is, they very quickly find out. So they're a punk band. They find out very quickly. It's like a Nazi, a hardcore Nazi establishment. Um, and they, they piss the Nazis off with their set and then lock themselves in the green room and the Nazis are there to, to basically to kill them. Um, Patrick Stewart is the leader of the, of the Nazis. Um, and they no, are really. they are yes, not not on type at all. They are intense in terms of getting those those kids out of that that green room to kill them, and the kids decide to fight back. And um, God, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, it's um, Anton Yelchin from the Star Trek movies who unfortunately passed away um, in a tragic accident as well. So he's it was one of his last movies. Um, oh, great movie! Good choice, Jake. Good good pickup. I, I do love those Star Trek movies just quietly. Mm. By the way, the new ones. Yeah, oh, never been the, a Star Trek fan, um, but I love them. Yeah, and I think that's the the brilliance of them. You don't need to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy them. I think they're just actually just really good action action films. Really. Oh look, JJ can shoot action. That's for sure. Mm. Let, let's move into uh, well, we've got a little bit of time left. Uh, move into some what we've seen recently and what we've uh, any recommends and maybe some oh. warns. Sorry, Jake. I didn't realize there was time limits on this. <laughs> no, nah, well. It, it is nearly nine o'clock, just for those playing at home. I thought I'd move into uh, what, what, what we've seen recently. Shane, you can go first this time. Oh, thanks. Um, what did I watch recently? I watched I, Tonya again. Um, 
because yeah, yeah I, I I quite like that. Um, I don't think that the portrayal is particularly accurate, and it has got some god awful CGI. Oh, oh, I yes. oh, I couldn't stomach the bad CGI in it. Um, just just get a look a look alike dancer uh, a skater. Like no one's going to be like that's not Margot Robbie because you know what she I did said a little bit herself though. You know what I looked at and I said that's CGI Margot Robbie and that shits me up the wall. <laughs> So yeah, if you can look past that, um, Alison Janney's performance is amazing. Um, she's she's so so good in that, and even Sebastian Stan's really good. Um, yeah, I, I like that whole and Margot Robbie's brilliant as usual. Um, but yeah, I watched that again, and I've been watching The Good Place as I mentioned. Um, a really high concept. It's on Netflix. Um, the basic premise is uh, a, a woman named Eleanor dies, um, and she goes to the Good Place, <clears throat> um, which is heaven, obviously. Um, but it turns out that it's actually not heaven, um, and uh, it's the first episode that that happens. So I'm not. Don't think it's a spoiler. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the first three episodes. Well, it's pretty early on in the series, um, <laughs> but it's 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 not spoilers because it's 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 basically her figuring out what the hell's going on. So um, it's uh, it's a brilliant show, really well cast. Kirsten Bell is just adorable and very very watchable, um, and the whole cast is really good. But I have to have a, a shout out for Ted Danson who. Just crushes it as the as the angel in charge of heaven, um, as in charge of the good place. Um, he, Michael, he is just he's gold. I love him, and and the and the woman whose name I don't know who plays Janet, the um, the assistant, is is gold as well. But really, really good. High concept, which I like. Phenomenal. I'll jump in next if you if you guys are right. Yeah, go. Yep. Awesome. Um, another great series. It's on Netflix. It's uh, actually another foreign language one. It's, it's a Norwegian one called Occupied. Um, it's set in the future where Russia actually takes over um, Norway on behalf of the European Union because uh, um, Norway is actually trying to get out of providing fossil fuels um, and the European Union can't ha- have that. So Russia basically takes over. It's got a bit of a spy, diplomatic sort of thriller um, as you see these characters in the in the Norwegian government and the um, security services try and cope with the situation, you know, and very much the Russians move in as a bit of a friendly. Uh, they put pandas. We're trying to sort of help you out by maintaining security and whatnot, but then they never actually go home. Fascinating, really interesting. I so it's on Netflix. Netflix right now. It's got. Uh, it's obviously in Norwegian with subtitles. But just watch the the first season. There is a second season, but I haven't um, haven't watched the second season yet. Uh, but it was one of those ones I really enjoyed. It. It doesn't go. There's not too many episodes in the in the season. Um, but yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, great, Jake. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. I'm pretty sure I have on the podcast, but uh, it's upload. I think I have mentioned it before. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's one of the Prime uh, original episodes. Very similar to The Good Place. Uh, he dies and goes to heaven, but it's more of a digital afterlife. Um, and him and his handler have a relationship or uh, like a friendship. And it's just about how you could possibly live on after uh, after you die as a digital uh, entity. Right. It's a bit interesting. Yeah. It's, it's on it's, my list. It's a bit funny. Um, it's more more of an uplifting, funny episode a season. Than a, uh, it's only one season. There's more coming, but who knows with COVID. Um, the real one I wanted to talk about was How to Get Away with Murder. Um, Viola Davis is the lead in that one. She is phenomenal. She's a phenomenal actress. Uh, the story is a bit uh, all over the shop. Basically, they are, it's a bit of a flashback and flash forward. She's teaching a class on how to get away with murder. They're all law students. Uh, a murder happens. 
uh, in their group and they got to cover it up and you figure out how it happened and who did it uh, as the season goes on. There's little flashbacks per episode. There's six seasons of it. I'm into season six at the moment. It's uh, it's getting a bit tiresome. How can there be so much murder with one, with one little family and one little group is beyond me. Um, but it, it's um, it's about courtroom, about lawyers, and the first season's really, really powerful because it's uh, her taking on new clients and basically them figuring out how to get them off um, their charges. And like I said, Vi- Viola Davis is great. There's no one really that you would really know other than Viola Davis in the whole lot. Um, but she is, yeah, she cries a lot and she's a very convincing crier. But uh, she's a, she's amazing in it. Jake, I, I watched the first season uh, the first season of this show. I fucking hated it with every <laughs> fiber of my being. I, I thought There's, it was. I, I I can see why. Yeah, I thought it was one of the Honestly. dumbest shows I've ever watched. I don't, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's dumb. Uh, I think it's some some of it's a bit like you roll your eyes at, but I can see why you'd hate it because it's very. It jumps around in time a lot, which can be very, very frustrating. It's um, it's Shonda um, Rhimes, isn't it? From as in Grey's Grey Anatomy, Shonda Rhimes. I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, I think it's worth a look for the first season at least. I think it loses its way, but I, I'm at the point now where I want to watch a season. Once I start something, I want to finish it. How does I'm it? How does it make its way to six seasons? Oh, it it, it really lo- like seriously. There's three murders in there. I'm going to spoil the spoilers. It's how to go around with murder, but there's murders in there. You just go. That would never happen. Who would do that? Um, and the, it loses the lawyer, the the courtroom kind of side, which is a bit disappointing. Um, I, I don't, I don't recommend the first season, but I'm I'm at a point now where I, once I start something, I need to finish it. So I'm gonna I'm gritting my teeth and put bucking my way through it. Yeah, and that's a genre you don't really see too much of these days. That was pretty prevalent um, not too long ago. The courtroom lawyer sort of drama. I mean, we've got no, we've got suits nowadays, but. That's kind of it. Feels like a bit don't, of a laugh. Don't don't give me that on suits. Don't. Sorry, suits is the one of the <laughs> suits is a season that I've I started watching uh, in the background while I was working. Uh, I had it on in the background because I'm like, oh, I'll I'll start that again. Um, and I know how much Shannon hates it because the law is so just it, look. Just it's it's, it's written by a lawyer who had a frontal lobotomy. That's that's the best way I can describe it. It's he kind of vaguely remembers law, but he's forgotten a lot of it. Uh, but Shannon, what do you mean? Can't you just grab like a, a single Manila middle folder that appears to be one or two pages inside <laughs> and flick it over to quickly grasp the implications of what you're looking at immediately? All, all you do is trick people, and if, as long as you trick them in the right way, they just they just yield. Oh, you tricked me, you handsome devil! And we're being we're being harsh to it. I've, I I watched it. I thought it was an okay okay yeah, show. It's, it's I don't fine. think I finished the most recent sort of seasons. I think I think when it it sort of finished up when um I think Megan Markle's character or whatever. I think they they, did, they just shot the last season without her. Yeah, I I did. I sort of started watching that and then kind of zoned out. So I think I think they probably should have you know pulled the pin um, a little bit earlier than they. I've, I've gotten to a point now where I want to watch shows that Shannon hates, <laughs> just because <laughs> Shannon hates them. Well, get a pen ready. <laughs> 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 yeah, it just brings up um, another movie, another TV series that we talked about on the last episode that I was on, which was Boston Legal because it had James Spader in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was a, another uh, 
you know, great courtroom drama. Um, and I think there were some other ones before then uh, that, that that made it a basically bit of a fixture. Um, and same with cop dramas and cop serials. They were they were sort of a, all the rage for a period of time. And um, speaking of the number of murders in, in one, one small town, that brings to mind um, you know, Blue Heelers, the, the classic Australian. Yeah, I mean, you'd get the fuck out of Mount Thomas immediately, wouldn't you? Like <laughs> Immediately. Like, if you were, like you'd, you'd never stay there. If you were stationed at, at, the, at the police station at Mount Thomas, you'd be like, well, I'll get my life insurance in check. Because uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> fucked. Like, you know, if it's not corruption, you're dead. Yeah, and but, and for sure the pub would have had to have had the license revoked after the you know, fiftieth incident of um, you know violence or crime happening at, at that place. And what kind of establishment are they running? Yeah, it's, there? It's, but surely, surely the big the big city uh, officers would try and get down there and poach the staff because they're amazing detectives. They solve so many crimes. Well, I mean, it's it's the crime capital of Australia. Mount Thomas, like <laughs> every week, there's something going on, and not just and you know, I've actually done a bit of a rewatch of um, rewatch of that. I was home crook uh, months back, and you know, just when you're feeling pretty ordinary, you want a bit of nostalgia. And I turned on Amazon Prime, and there it was. So I, I started I started watching through, and I'll tell you what, it's a bit of a culture shock watching some of the first episodes of that of that thing. But but going through it, you know. They seem to have the bloody air wing out there pretty pretty regularly, and um, you know I seem to think that yeah, the police force can't have that many helicopters flying around the place. <laughs> <laughs> but after the on the Mount Thomas Oval for like I, each. I'm week. pretty sure that every episode of Blue Healers is available on on the seven catch up app. Seven plot. Yeah, 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 it is. I, I was actually I was looking for something to watch the other day, and for some reason I wanted to watch some stupid reality American TV shows. Uh, so I went to Seven Mate and I found that Seven Plus was on there, and it's got all the early '90s and early 2000s, uh, you know, shows that you would have watched on there for free and to stream. The ads are really annoying because they play the same five ads all the time, um, yeah. but for free, you know, why not? Um, actually, that's something we should do though. We should we should watch like you know the first episode of a show like Blue Heels or something that's got that huge cultural impact, and because you, you're basically looking at how the country was, you know. 30 years ago um and then when i was watching it you're getting i was getting a fair bit of the, that that sense of cringe you know we talked about last episode mm. um i think that'd be an interesting, interesting oh, i think i think that's a whole new podcast we could do christian the three of us it'd just be um we'll call it first or something and we'll do a first episode of every all the different tv shows we love and give them a, a talk about how they've changed over this over the series i'd, I'd listen to that yeah, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, I'd, I'd be Jake. Jake, cut this bit out of the podcast, with you? <laughs> Jake, uh, just if you, if we're talking, can you? I've just been doing a thing because I'm working from home now, and I have to walk. You know, it takes me sort of thirty seconds to get from bed to to my office to uh, to start. I've been mentally yeah. playing TV show themes while I while I do that, um, and the one <laughs> I have landed on is Water Rats. Um, can you oh, yes. can you theme. somewhere in this podcast and maybe at the end at the start I don't care where you put it can you just put the entire Water Rats theme song in please? I'll put it at the start for you, Shane. Thank you, thank you. Instead of our, instead of our intro, we'll make it the Water Rats. Yeah, song. I don't. Everyone wonder why, but I don't care because they'll have to get to they'll have to get to a minute, uh, an hour, and forty minutes to work out why the hell I've asked for Water Rats. <laughs> if we do that though, we can actually. Um... If we did like a podcast which was talking about the, the like the first episode of you know, these historic shows, you'd do that with every episode. You'd have the intro music being the theme song for that show. Yeah. So you'd have the, the Blue Healers, uh, you know, guitar the, the twangy guitar. banjo music. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually it's actually the Cruel Sea, the band. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's great. I didn't know that either. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I didn't know that either until it popped up on the um, on the credits while I was watching it. Well, <laughs> so. it'd be very interesting going back to all those old, old like like you know, go back to the practice, um, Boston League, all those kind of shows. Watch the first episode, The Sopranos, to see, to see how it changes Soprano, over time. Yeah. Breaking Bad, yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be very interesting to do that. Mm. Mm. I think it'd be really interesting, to, and you can sort of see how society and culture has changed over time as mm. well. Um, First episode yeah. has to be Blue Healers. Um, it just has to be. Fr- friends, um, Seinfeld. That you could look at the Seinfeld, the pilot episode of Seinfeld, the Seinfeld yeah. Chronicles, which is completely different to how the show actually looked at the end. Um, yeah, I, it'd be fascinating. I, I like it. Yeah, there you go. I've just put a link to the Blue Healers theme song, which is available on Spotify. Oh, for you thank friends. you. It's it's going to be <laughs> Thanks, my. Man. It's going to be a new a new uh, playlist. It's that and Water Rats over and over again. That's it from us here at the Mars Podcasters. Um, what a marathon! I just—it's just feels <laughs> like we've been recording for a, an hour and fifty-two minutes, Jake. I'm, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Um, but we have to—we can't just go to bed yet. We have to thank very warmly um, our fellow prisoner, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us. No, no problems at all. Thank you so much for having me again. It's been a blast. Um, and stay tuned after this for nine and a half hours of absolute <laughs> dribble. Just, just uh, we're just, we discuss the uh, relevance of the Big Bang Theory in culture, um, and we do a thesis on it. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Uh, not not the actual Big Bang Theory that people think of this. They've stumbled on this thinking no. this is a science podcast. It's not. Um, <laughs> the uh, but we we are so grateful to talk to anyone who's not directly in our household. Um, we have kept Christian as a prisoner on this podcast for a good five and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's they all you can say. He he's yeah. tired. We're all he, tired because we just we've talked frantically, blinking in Morse code. Help me! But he doesn't realise that this is a podcast that's audio only. So um, it's not going to help, Pod Christian. Sorry. You got to tap. You got to tap the microphone. Yeah, you got to no tap. No one it. can see. <laughs> Hang on, wait. Dot 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 dash 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 dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> so so don't forget the poll that Jake's going to do at the end of this, where he's going to ask whether Con Air is a prison movie or not. Um, yes. And also, if there's bottle episodes or movies that we've forgotten to talk about, someone's going to gonna email us and talk about Green Mile. Um, oh, fuck off, Green Mile. <laughs> I, hate that, I, I hate that movie. I wasn't expecting I, that. I hate that movie. Um, it's the only movie where someone grabs Tom Hanks's dick. So I think that... I mean, he pees a lot, though. He does pee a lot. He pees in a lot of movies, Jake. That's something we've talked but about. I before. hate that movie. I, I seriously hate that movie. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know why that elicited that response. That's the Shawshank response. Um, anyway... 
Um, yeah, well, that's, that's my, my short response to you. But if, if anyone wants to nominate another movie that's not Green Mile that makes Jake go, no, 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 you can do that by uh, emailing us, maskpodcasters at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. Again, Christian, thank you so much for joining us. This is where you talk, Christian. He's gone. <laughs> he's, he's zoned out. He's done. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, no problem. Let me put a pause so you can cut that bit I've out. Never, um, I've never heard a guest get so bored from their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at something else. <laughs> and so from me, thank you so much for listening and from Jake. Troy and Abbott in the morning. Nice. All right, you ready to call the outro? Yep. Talent's here. Let's go. All right, you want to warm up or anything first? No, I'm no. good. <clears throat> okay, hit me. Now remember, no cliches, funny, light. It's a podcast. Go. In a world. Always do this. It's the first one. But that's, that's it's what, the most obvious but one. But that's what good trends. No. No. Just no. On the edge of space. Shan. Bedroom. House. Podcast. Us. Go. Jurassic Park meets Twilight. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. We're a podcast. But We're not a movie. Dun, dun, dun. We podcast. Us talking about movies. Is it just, just no, no? Just go. Is it because the no, you know, the T Rex no. has little arms and couldn't stab him in the chest with a stake? Go. A rooster and a cat are friends. Shen. I know you're a cock, but this. It's hurtful. Come on, movies, podcast. It's us talking about them. Go. Two idiots have a podcast. They talk about movies and nonsense. If you'd like to join in that conversation, you can hit them up on masspodcasters at gmail or talk to them on Facebook. That's a hard. Yeah, my voice hurts a little. I've got a tickle, and I actually think Jurassic Park and Twilight as a crossover would work. <sighs> Shut up. I think it's good TV shows, or do you. Sorry, Shane, go on. Hey, Shane? Christian, I think it's your turn, mate. You got one more? We lost you for a second, Shane. Do you want to say what you said again? I was just saying it's Christian's turn, but I've got no, no Christian in my ear. Oh, sorry. I didn't he hear was just being quiet. Okay, yeah. he's just—he's being respectful, which doesn't happen on this podcast. No, <laughs> being respectful. Um, no, no, I, I do have one more film that I think we can cover, and it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, uh, I think you boys are going to love it, just based on on. Uh, well, I'm just taking a guess because I think everyone loves it. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Interesting. I hate that movie. Interesting. <laughs> I hate, it. I hate I that movie. I don't, I don't understand how Shannon could hate that movie. I, I, it's perfect I, for him. Yeah. No, that I'm, sounds like torture having to relive the same day over and over again. <laughs> I've been doing that for the movie itself. I've been doing that for bloody eight months. I hate it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I don't need to see the movie. I'm living it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little a little hot tip. I used to watch t. Well, I, I can't used to not be able to sleep unless I was watching TV. Um, and I would. I had all of the all of the blue blue healers on um, DVD. And I would watch them. And it, when you got through the four episodes on that disc, um, it would just play the theme song over and over and over again. Um, oh, and no. I would fall asleep <laughs> listening to it without the sleep setting on my TV. And it would just play Blue Healers all night. Um, oh, with that twang and bass. Come with on. That twang on, bass. On, a side, on a side note, I remember, remember early on when, when uh, my our grandmother was staying over and I did something similar watching Will and Grace. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And the theme song for Will and Grace would play over and over and over again, and I'd fallen asleep, and the she had berated me the next morning because I didn't turn the TV off. To, to be fair, um, it might have been the fact that you were watching a show that celebrates gay people, Jake. So, 
Well, possibly that too. <laughs> but yeah, Will and Grace, the theme song for that played over and over and over again. Um, uh, another one is Two and a Half Men. Uh, that, that came like oh, the first episode that came out a long time ago. Uh, we need to do, we need to do a, an episode of Things Shannon Hates. You, you've just named you've named them. You've done Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. You hit the, you just about to hit the trifecta. <laughs> If you, I think Big Man Theory is too, too recent, but I think Two and a Half Men would work. I think Scrubs would probably work. Mm. Scrubs is brilliant. Love mm. me some Scrubs. If uh, yeah, mm. if you just can mention Nickelback, Christian, you've hit the trifecta. Oh, I could probably work it in Thanks, there somewhere. And Lee Harding. Hey, Jake, look at this photograph. Oh. Does it make <laughs> you laugh? What? Uh, Nickelback. Uh, what, was this, what do you call him, Shane? The Paddle Pop Lion. He is the Paddle Pop Lion. He... Yes, he is. He's one hundred percent the pedal yeah. lion. <laughs> and um, you know, he, he wrote a song about called "Rockstar" about someone who cuts their hair and changes their name to appeal to a wider audience. He did the same fucking thing. His real name is Chad Turton, and he changes to Chad <laughs> Kroger, the piece of shit. Well, if you want to talk about people posing and, and whatnot, I could go on for ages about Dr. Dre. Oh, oh, don't get me started on Nickelback. Anyway, we're off topic. Fine. Yeah, can you just cut all this stuff out? Do we have a topic? I'm not sure we have a topic at the moment. No. No, it's all over the place, but I love it. This will just go in the end. Yeah, well, it's basically the end anyway, so it's just, I'm just gonna, not going to cut it. and just. Uh, do, oh, do you, want me to, do you want me to do an outro and then you can, you can cut it? First, let me apologise to the audience because I'm saying I'll cut this out, cut this out when you're wanting to let them in behind the scenes. I want everyone to listen to everything all the time. Is that just because you don't want to yeah. end? Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> 100% yes. I'm not going to deny that at all. Awesome. Yeah. Well, should, awesome. I do a, should I bother doing an outro? We just well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll mark it down and I will edit it just for you, Christian. I'll put it, but it's, it's going to end up in the podcast. You don't want to just do a fade as I as I keep talking forever. You can just pull a fade down, <laughs> and then there's us snoring in the background. <laughs> no, we'll just start singing Nickelback. Uh, if, if that if that turns up in this in this podcast, I'm out. I'm not turning up again. <laughs> I, I'm actually I don't actually know any other songs other than Photograph. So oh, there's heaps. I'm, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just googling now. Oh, how you remind me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, far away, Jake. Jake, I, if you allow me, I can perform every Nickelback song in thirty seconds. Would you like? Uh, oh, please, please. Do the better man again. That's it. That's the whole. That's every <laughs> song. I've just saved you a lot of money. Boys, I need to confess something. Mm. What's that? Shannon, you're going to judge me for this, I'm, and I'm very sorry. I have seen Nickelback play live. You have not. What? You paid to see them? I did. I did in my in my misspent youth. Yes. Wow. I, I look, I, Christian. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> look, Shannon, you don't become as uh, worldly as I do without indulging in in all sorts of different 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 pastimes. Mm. So I think it's important that you expand your mind and 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 you know try different things from time to time. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'll. I'm using my my afterlife to, to catch up on Nickelback and Two and a Half Men. So and the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Hey, but on that question, I, I consider you a relatively uh, intelligent man. Oh, well, Sha- I'm, I'm Shannon, <laughs> well, the, the way you talk is just—it just leads me to intelligence. Uh, Shannon, not so much. On the other hand, but I was just <laughs> Shannon hates it because he doesn't think it's smart comedy. I disagree. Mm. I think there's some moments in there that are actually intelligent. Mm. Now, obviously, uh, you've watched the whole thing. What's uh, what's your thoughts? The Big Bang Theory. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. yes. 
Yeah, look, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's it was uh, I watched it with a partner, and it's definitely a show that you watch that that you watch without too much seriousness. I think it's just a really interesting. Um, it, it's basically the popularization of 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 like this, you know, of, of like a geeky sort of subculture um, that that existed beforehand, but it certainly became more popularized with the Big Bang Theory. Um, and I think it's done some good things culturally because it's it's made, um, you know. People who are, you know, highly intelligent and like scientists and um, people who might have, um, you know, disorders and things like that, much more relatable um, uh, in a way that they, you know, they're generally not depicted in in, in media very favourably. Like I'm thinking of, um, you know, if you think of, uh, you know, in the nineties especially, people who were scientists or whatnot were very much portrayed as eggheads um, or 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 figures of fun, whereas they're actually relatable, fun characters who go through their own emotional journeys of development in the Big Bang Theory. So um, I think that there's something to be said for that, and I think that, it, it you know, it, it might not be to everyone's everyone's taste, but I, I, I enjoyed it. And I think, you know, maybe sometimes we, we take ourselves and TV shows a bit too seriously and we're expecting them to be these groundbreaking pieces of, you know, um, social commentary or... or, or um, or have some kind of higher alternate motive. I just want them to be really good, like Christian. That's all I ask for. <laughs> I ask them to be funny and good. If you say you're a comedy, actually make make people laugh. Um, just shouting, just just shouting references to superheroes does not a comedy make. Oh, I, I think... was sitting there waiting to see how long you'd snap for. Shane. That's all it was. That's all the question <laughs> yeah. was aimed for to see how long you'd snap. Yeah, and I think Shannon. It's important to recognise that you weren't the audience they were going for. No, I have a brain. I just went, they went, not for you, thanks. <laughs> you know, Arrested Development got three episodes, three seasons and was cancelled. The best, funniest show on TV. And that shit got ten seasons and cultural acclaim and is a phenomenon. I think it was, tw- I think it was 12 seasons. It's actually. too many, whatever it is, yeah. too many. Um, is, it, is it just Chuck Laurie? It's is Chuck it Laurie. Yeah, it's Chuck Laurie's brand of content. It started with Two and a Half Men, and I just think it's so poorly acted, Two and a Half Men. Um, and, and, and they almost mug for the camera, and that shits me to, to tears. And that with a, with a laugh track or a live audience, to me, just doesn't, it doesn't connect. Um, mm. and, and there is a YouTube channel that had, takes, takes the laugh track out of Oh, it's so, it's so funny. And it's so, it's so accurate because they're just not good gags. Um, and uh, and I, I I I just don't I don't like it I don't like any of the characters I don't like the, the portrayals of them none of it none of it makes me laugh in fact if you want to look look at scientists being funny get better off Ted there's another show that didn't get enough of a run a brilliant yeah, show yeah you can't find it in Australia though Shane it is it is brilliant um, yeah I tried to find it like because I heard good things about it but I couldn't I couldn't find it anywhere it's on American Netflix I believe yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it because I, I can't find um, it. It made two seasons. It is it is gold, and I wish that had continued. Portia de Rossi is mm. is really really good. Jay Harrington's great. Um, yeah, worth definitely worth tracking down if you can. Yeah, but if, if you know, it's one of those things where you, they've got to make stuff that that will will sell you. So you're trying to balance between, you know, doing justice to the topic, but also being able to market something to an audience. Oh look, I think I look. I I I say that because I, I I take umbrage to two and a half men and those sorts of shows is because I do think they they appeal to the lowest common denominator. But but I think you know there's always a market for it, and clearly you know it's they're wildly successful and made a lot of money. So there's there's an audience for them. Um, and you know quite frankly, I can just opt out and not watch them, and that's what I chose to do. Um, 
but but when they when they return to get put up as a as the best comedies of this era, I, I really if you put them against Seinfeld or Friends or um, you know shows like I don't think they're doing that though, Shan. I don't think they are. I think if you actually Googled best comedies of the last era, you're not you're going to get the communities. You're going to get the Arrested Development. Yeah. I don't think I you're think... going to get that list. No, and but you will get they will get called the most popular comedies of an era yeah. because they were. They are, and they're, they're the highest paid uh, TV actors of all time, tied with Friends, getting a million dollars yeah. an episode. Um, and obviously, it's not the same quality, in my opinion, not the same quality as Friends. But, yeah, um, Friends. Yeah, and and that, that's that's amazing to me. That's amazing yeah. that you'd you'd like Big Bang Theory, but or not tolerate Big Bang Theory, um, and not like. Well, I, I enjoyed the Big Bang Theory. Like I, I watched it, and you know, I wouldn't go and rewatch it necessarily. Um, but I, I certainly, you know. Uh, uh, it was enjoyable enough watched through you know, last time. Um, but I just see them kind of, see it kind of as a successor to, you know, the shows in the nineties, like, um, uh, you know, you've got your, your Roseanne and what's the one with Tim Allen. That I Home Improvement. Uh, Home, Home Improvement. Improvement you know, at, at the time they, they're like popular comedies. It's, so uh, it's, it's almost like a genre of its own really. Oh yeah. And I think you have to separate out shows like Com- Community Arrested Development. Some of the shows that we've talked about are, are very different from the very standard, Two sit two camera sitcom, like Big Bang Theory, um, but but then again, I think Friends falls into that that as well, and I don't think that's fair because Friends is is the best version of that in my view. Um, so you know, I, really? yeah, I think it is, yeah. and I think then Seinfeld's different again. I wouldn't call Seinfeld a typical two camera sitcom. No, so I wouldn't put Seinfeld and Friends in the same in the same category at all. So I think that might be, you know, what we're sort of getting at here is that there's popular comedy and then there's, you know, something else. And I don't know how to define whereas, it. Whereas I think Friends is popular comedy that did it perfectly. Whereas, yeah. Well, maybe it transcended it. Maybe that's why it's so good because it transcended, you know, genres really. Mm-hmm. We are we are completely off topic. I don't even know where we're at anymore. That's all right. I've, I've marked the, the time to cut. So right, well, the, uh, well, I'll, the outro in. I'll cut, I'll cut an intro now and then... Um, and we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, give me give me a two second cannon, and I'll I'll fire off a. You you, you know what you're saying, Jake? Um. Yes, actually, I do. Okay. Good. All right. Would you want to, do you want to just let me go at fifty two? Uh, well, I was I was staying. I go fifty two. Yeah. That's all I got. Beautiful. Done. All right, what is it? Thank you all. No, you're very welcome, Christian. I, I really enjoyed on. it. Um, yeah, well, more than welcome. What I was actually thinking of was um, the the idea where you, you we looked at um, the a TV show from you know a peer back, peer back. We looked at the, the first episode and um, the, the I was just thinking of the approach you'd take. You could talk about um, obviously how comedies changed. You know, sort of tying into our conversation there about the Big Bang Theory and. Um, and how it was sort of received at the time, what the popular audience was like, and then you can talk about what the world was, what was happening in the world at the time, um, and you know the cultural icons who were in vogue then, and what was accepted behaviour versus not now. And I think you could cover that for, for quite a period. I reckon. Of time. I reckon we could make you our resident historian. We just call oh, you our resident historian, <laughs> and you would tell us about the time um, that it's set or that it's it's shot in, and Jake and I can do mm. nerdy pop culture stuff. It wouldn't. It wouldn't take a lot to uh to you just Google the year it came out and just what was relevant yeah. at the time. Well, yeah, and the, and the couple the year or two preceding it, and um and then you could also do all sorts of stuff like look at important decisions that have been made at that time or laws that have passed, and um 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking of stuff that would be like in a lot of those, like in the Blue Healers one, for example, because I remember, I remember the first episode pretty clearly because I remember watching it, um, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago, you know, in the past 12 months. And, you know, there's it, a whole heap of sexism in there, you know, that, that it, it wouldn't be acceptable nowadays, including down to the uniform that the police wear. So, you know, um, Lisa McCune's character has to wear like a, a long skirt with, you know, really impractical shoes and whatnot. And you can tell it's not really meant for, the uniform's not meant for practicality. Um, you know, and just just the just that itself is interesting considering you know, it's a cop show. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you if you charted that, it'd be fascinating. You would have how many dead cops? I mean, you tell me any station in Australia that's got that many dead cops, especially a small country yeah. town. Um, yeah. How many you corru- could really, corruption? You could really analyze like that corruption. Mm. Um, you know, you could have statistics on the whole on the whole series. Imagine there's like a, a police officer gets run down by a car. Maggie gets yep. shot. Um, yeah, at a, at a mill, a sawmill. Yeah, a couple of them get get, get killed off or get someone shot. gets blown um, up. PJ, PJ, Clan, is it Clancy? Yeah, yeah Clancy. The Corden. The the cop shop gets blown yeah. up at one point. Like, yeah, there's a bomb that goes off. Yeah, so, that was the disabled guy. Wasn't yeah, it? I can't remember. But I do. I, I think that'd be an interesting thing to do, and I think what you could do. With the backside of it, of the the B section of that, if you're going to go that way, is I've, I've always wanted to do the the first ten minutes of a show. Mm-hmm. You pick a mm-hmm. random show on Netflix that you haven't seen before, know nothing about. Watch the first ten minutes and decide if you want to watch a show or not. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, That's I think one. I think if you if you if you did that, and like literally like you chose 10, 15 minutes, you did you did the um you know whatever we were just talking about then with the. Old TV shows. I reckon you do ten then minutes. Then pick a new TV show. I reckon you do ten minutes. I reckon you do the full first episode, and you do so that'd be your A stories. We pick an old, uh, uh, the first episode of an old show, and you couple that yep, with yep. A, say a cop show, a new like a new show that you've just picked at random. Yeah. So you yep. could couple couple that. Like you, you type in you type in type in cop into Netflix or police into Netflix. Yep. The first mm. the first well one of us picks it. We've all watched it. Yeah. And then yep. you go. Would you watch it? Continue on watching it. Yeah. So you're married up with an old and a new. I mean, that yeah. could be that could yeah. be the, the name of it, you know, or something like that. And you just go. You just do it as a, as an episode. And I reckon you'd probably sit at an hour, maybe less, um, mm. maybe forty. You know, if you capped it at say forty minutes, like try and make them as bite sized yeah. as possible. I, th- I think forty minutes is a good one because that gives you it gives you a bit of room if you need to. But I think it also keeps it pretty constrained. So because you're not going to you're going to identify your core topics and you're going to smash those out. Um, and that'll probably wrap it up nice and neat. And I think especially when you're talking about... You do 20, 25 minutes of the old, 15 minutes of the new. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Well, definitely, yeah. definitely something to look at. Because, I mean, mm. we've, we've kind of done... And considering there's no new movies coming out, it'd be hard to kind of... Other than Netflix originals and stuff, there's no yeah. new movies to really break down and analyse. Well, I'm also wondering, like... Well, anything you do... Um, anything you would do, there would certainly be something newer. Like, I'm just trying to think, is there a situation where you do an old show and there isn't something that's comparable with modern? I don't think but so. You can, you can get, I mean, you could be really easy. You just go, well, we're picking an animation. Pick the first animated show that you see on Netflix. Like, you don't yeah. even have to, it doesn't even have to be, like, that closely aligned. Yep. Um, I'm also thinking of like you know the original ER and stuff like that. Yeah, see that, that I'd love to do that kind of thing. Yeah, love to go back to the first episode of an old TV show that was massive and huge. X Files and then 
yeah, do some research on how it ended up. I mean, I haven't seen, I wouldn't watch the whole episode of they are, but to kind of research of what, how it progressed would be interesting. Mm, mm. And then you could also work in trivia from, um, you know, what happened during the development of the series or where, you know, actors you know, exploded or whatever. So I think that could be, that could be. Yeah, guest stars, who's, who's turned up, who launched, who failed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, whose career took yeah. off, you know, um, like Grey's Anatomy, I think, you know, uh, Heidi Klum, she was in the first Kristen season. Heigl, Kristen Heigl. Kristen Heigl. Heigl. Yeah. Heigl, yeah. See, I've got to get better at the names. It's Catherine um, Heigl too. Catherine Heigl, that's it. See, we all bushed it, except for Shannon. Yeah, so Catherine Heigl... Um, he knows he's Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, she was in that in that series uh, at the start and then she took, went off and did other stuff, you know, so that that's an interesting one. Um, and then you got the other characters who who didn't. They stayed there, and they sort of became like you know the the elf stewards of the <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy. You know, they're stuck on there for forever. I could also go back and do things that you haven't seen before either, like ones that you had never seen before, and pick up the first episode, like Star Trek. Yeah, I've never seen it. Before. Yeah, and I, and that, that'd be great to me. Doctor Who would be one I'd love to do. I kept saying to yeah. a Doctor Who fan, "Give me, give me ten episodes to watch to kind of get me across the series." Because that's the other one too. I'd really love to do is so, like take someone who's never seen huge fandom, pick a fandom, and for the first time, kind of expose like Star Trek and Star Star Trek is something I've never watched. Don't understand yeah, anything yeah. about it. Sons Sons of Anarchy is another one. Like just pick oh. ones that I haven't done mm. and go give me, give me an episode to watch. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think of the name. Like first time past or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to workshop. We can have a have a think about it because I mean, like, as Jake mm. said, we can if that's we can either run it under the the mass podcasters but banner and just do it like this, record it and just say we're just doing a new, or we can just have another podcast. Well, you can have it. We can either do it that way, or you can we can name it something inside the mass podcasters playlist. Yeah. Um, so have, or you can I, start, I or you can start a whole new podcast. I'm not, no, I'm you not just, sure how. No, you just stick it under our banner, but you just you just title it differently. Yeah, yeah. It's just you've you've got your audience already. Do you, it, it might, you know, I don't want to necessarily um, change that. That's all. Yeah, you've got, you've, got your own, you've got your own format and your own setup and all that sort of stuff. So you not, might not necessarily want to want to change what that looks like by bringing in a new thing. So I, I think. Um, well, but think, at, at the same yeah. time, I mean, you could always revert back to a, a, an episode where we just do something like this and do a list or do a, a topic. Mm. It doesn't have to always be the same thing. I mean, as long as you kind of, I think, I think what I've the limited people that I have talked about who do listen is they find stuff that they haven't listened to, haven't seen before because we yeah. mention it speaking in layman's terms. We don't go full technical on them. Um, mm. We just give them good advice, and they generally watch it is what my feedback has Shannon. yeah and i mean that's that's all i really want is someone goes i didn't know about that and now i watched it thanks to you guys that's that's really all i care about um mm. if someone hears something that they they didn't know or didn't know about didn't weren't necessarily going to pick up um would be great so yeah I've, i think you know and you just do it at the end of it you go would you would you watch it would you keep watching that that new show you've picked up um Having someone from, I mean, you know, if you had more more power, you'd you'd have someone come on and explain the fandom to you, and you decide whether you were going to watch it based on the first episode, or you know, see that, and that's an interesting thing you do as like well. You could, if you, Buffy, Buffy mm-hmm. is a show I never got into that people just loved. 
So if you watch the oh, first episode it. and then has someone on who's like a magic major Buffy fan. Yeah. And I'm also just thinking of like those shows that sort of simmered away in the background but never became huge, like um, you know, that True Calling it had Eliza Dushku in it. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard True Calling. I've heard I've heard I've heard about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, one of those like killing Eve. Sort of away in the background. Yeah, yeah. Dark Dark uh, Angel. Five, five Firefly. Firefly. Dollhouse. I've seen Dark Angel, Shane. It's good. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all shows that I just missed, just never, never latched onto. Um, yeah. Like, I, I'd yeah. love to, Jack, I, mean, I was thinking of a show I'd love to go back and do for the, the, the first episode one. I'd love to do something like Gilligan's Island. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just pick up <laughs> old, old Happy shitty days. shows. Happy days. Yeah, just old shitty shows that'd be great fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of, oh, uh, yeah. yeah uh, Mork and Mindy. And so, stuff like that. And then you'd have to work out what the modern day equivalent of Gilligan's Island was. Oh. Which would be that shitty um, Desert Island show on Netflix. You know, that one that was that launched and everyone thought it was horrible? Fire Festival? No, not Fire. It was... <laughs> it was <laughs> what was that? It was an island one. Biggest laugh, biggest laugh I've got and it's, out of, it's in the outtakes. Yeah, it's the biggest laugh you've ever got, Jack. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Firefly is probably probably uh, sorry, not Firefly. The, the Fire Festival is probably the most accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like, what really would happen? <laughs> um, no, what are you talking about? Shane? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's, it, I watched the first episode and it was it was called oh, it was called the Island. That's right. On Netflix, okay. And it was you know a bunch of strangers wake up on an island and they're all their memories are wiped. So it was kind of like a really shitty Lost. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's garbage. And I watched the first episode so poorly acted. But you would you would couple it say with that. Gilligan's Island. If you, if and you could do the like, Island. or you or what you do is you watch the first episode and the last episode. No, there's too much of change. I think you, you, you reckon would, you, you see that every episode would be us going, yeah, "What the hell happened yeah, there? Yeah, How did true. they get to that point?" But yeah, I, I think you have to research and kind of read up on the history of Because you, you can either do shows you've never seen or you do shows you know really well. Like Blue Healers worked so well because you could redo the first episode and go, shit, so much changed since then. But it's also mm. just fascinating to watch a whole bunch of laymans pick up a fandom that no one, that you don't know. If it became more popular, you'd definitely get some like someone involved in the fandom on the show and to, to talk about it and explain it. Um, because then they could basically sell their show, yeah. the thing that they really... You know, and I'm thinking like you know the Stargate fandoms and the Star Trek fandoms and shit will go nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, you're bound to get someone, and even like Joss Whedon's fan thing to get pretty get pretty involved. So there's bound to be people out there who would be who would love to explain like the whole thing with Firefly. I remember the TV series Jericho that came out it only did two seasons, but it had like the whole thing where it got cancelled, but then the the fans saved it yeah. by sending piles of peanuts into to the company CBS or whatever it was. So getting someone on to speak about that. Would be fascinating as well. To, to... Fascinating, but probably hard to do considering we're a low budget podcast. <laughs> Correct. So, I mean, you need you need to be bigger, but but yeah, it's, and there's a, there's a, a good few good ideas in there. I reckon we try and explore it. We'll map it out and see how how it goes. Mm. Mm. I think so. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, boys. I'm I've, I'm cooked. I gotta finish up. I reckon. Happy happy it worked. Yeah. Mm. This means is great. Right. Means, means you get uh, guests on a lot easier. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Just something I noticed while we were playing, like your audio squiggles are much bigger than mine. Am I faint to you no. guys, or is that no, no, not no, to me at all. Not at all. Okay, cool. Did you guys have get it cutting out a little bit? Yeah, I had. Christian had some some audio issues. I reckon. I, 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 had, I noticed that the the audio stayed recording. 
Yeah, okay. So it's yeah. probably it's probably just our our headsets. Yeah, okay. I happen to use Shane a lot because you were talking the most. Yeah. But mm. um yeah, I think I think it's gonna be fine. Oh, we'll see how you go, Jake. Think... If it's if it's unlistenable, we'll have to just No, I don't think it's gonna be unlistenable. Well, it's there most no. of the I think it's only happening periodically. And Shannon, it was it was happening for, for you for me. Yeah, okay. So yeah, a lot. Just... yeah, okay. Um, but I noticed the notice the recording didn't stop though. The recording no. kept going. They didn't cut out. So obviously, probably recorded it, but just because our audio probably just cut out. Oh, well, let's hope it, yeah. it works. But I'll be interested to see how I'm sure it, it plays out, Jack. Yeah, well, I'll have a raw version and then I'll try and mix and edit it and get it to sound as good as I can. Cool. Looking yeah. forward to it. Oh, and we can, we can also have a bit in that show about the intro, the theme songs and where they came from. And Yeah, yeah. I like it. Because mm. uh, you, know, you might be actually introducing people to shows that they've never heard of before. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's um, I think that can be kind of cool, and it's it's they're almost bottle episodes, really, aren't they? they? Are. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, love it. I, I just think it'd be cool to go back and watch those old TV shows from the nineties and even earlier. Mm. Yeah, I've just I've just never seen, but I know like I know enough about like Gilly Island. I know enough about it to know the premise, who the people mm. were, the actors, the stories behind it, but I've never actually seen an episode. It'd also be fascinating, not necessarily do the big shows that kept going, but shows that that died, like. You could just review a show that no one's ever heard of. That'd be fascinating to me. Yes, I also just thought of the, you could you could do um, ones that transform significantly, like Batman. Yeah, like you read like nineteen seventies Adam West Batman. Mm. Yeah, how that well that turned out to be. Well, and how different it is compared to you know, more modern conceptions of Batman. Mm. It's a good excuse to watch but a bunch of shows that I've never seen before. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. Same. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm I look at my playlist of what I've seen. I've, I've watched. I'm watching Suits again, Shameless again, and mm. you're just like, "Well, what's the point? I've already seen all this shit." Yeah, L- love yeah. it. Love it a lot. We'll, we'll workshop and see how we go. Let's all think right. about it a bit more, and we'll, we'll, we'll toss it around. But yeah, I, that sounds really interesting. I, I'd be, I'd be interested to do that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's uh, stop the recording and see how we go. Thanks, Christian. Yeah. No Thanks for having me.